Welcome back to the Spook House. Good to be back for another episode. Uh, Doug, how are you, my friend? It's our first episode since I got back from New York. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute. I kind of wish you were still sleeping in my living room. Uh, I miss it. Great air cool. mattress. Yeah, my, <laughs> my dad supplied him the like sofa king air mattress. So it was like primetime California king. Made uh, by Serta. than my bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, official Serta. But no, I, I think uh, I think this is a good time to do this ep- this particular episode with this awesome human being that we have here. So I'm pumped. This is the first one back. Yeah, we have our good friend Anthony Brownlee joining us on the episode. How are you doing, man? Man, been good, man. Doing real good today. Awesome. So you wear a lot of hats. You are an author, Fred Heads producer. A Nightmare on Elm Street super fan. Yeah, man. So we've never really done a deep dive into the Elm Street series. So we were like, we got to bring on Anthony for this. Oh, yeah. so. This is my ultimate topic. Yeah. There would really be no <laughs> other person to bring on. I mean, we were talking before we started recording, but me and you have been talking for a hot minute before we actually recorded mm-hmm. this and stuff like that. You and Phil have been right. talking. So we've been kind of friends for like a little while. And we know you as you are the Freddy Krueger guy. <laughs> well, it's yeah. been like this since I was about five years old. That's pretty much when I, that's actually when I saw the first night on Elm Street. I was five years old. My aunt showed me and my cousins the movie. Uh, it was like on an old, you know, VHS recorded, you know, tape, you know, back in the days. Um, and I just, I fell in love with it from first watch. I mean, I was terrified, obviously, <laughs> being at five years old. I mean, the alley scene in particular, that, that still sticks with me, like, even to this day. But there was just something about it, even though I was freaked out, couldn't sleep for, like, I, I actually want to say, like, years. Like, you oh, know, wow. growing up between, like, five, six, seven, and eight, I would just always, <laughs> every time the lights go out, instantly, I would just think about Nightmare on the It's just, like, it's stuck with you. <laughs> right. But I couldn't stop watching it either. So, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i a masochist for horror, I guess. Like, at least <laughs> at that age I was. I mean, I just I couldn't stop watching it. Um, when was the first time you saw it, Doug? I honestly, it wasn't that young. It wasn't as young as five. But I remember being in like, I think I was in middle school. So I was probably around like 11 or 12 or something like that. Because the first, one of the first horror movies I remember seeing was like the first Halloween uh, and Killer Clowns, those are the first two, but Nightmare on Elm Street was pretty, pretty up there, and like Anthony was saying, like, it's just like the curiosity you have as a kid, so I saw it, and I was completely horrified and, like, scared, but I was, like, curious, like, like I wanted to see more, and, like, the just the way, when you're, when you're a kid, you know, you're not really thinking you don't really have that many complex thoughts. At least I didn't. Uh, so I just saw this, this fucking like burnt up, charred up dude in a hat with this cool looking sweater. And I was like, I like the way that guy looks. I'm going to, I'm going to keep watching this guy. I'm, I'm into this. This guy. Hey, this fucking guy. Hey, who's this fucking guy with the razor knives? Uh. He's fucking taking kids. I don't know what he's supposed to be doing out on the street. <laughs> I have no idea how old I was when I first saw it, but I mean, I don't have any memories of not knowing who Freddy Krueger is. He's just he was so ingrained in the culture. One memory I do have, 
the shower scene on part five at the very beginning, my grandparents have pretty much the identical shower. So when I was really young, <laughs> that scene terrified the shit out of me because I don't know. Yeah, br- I was, back I was, to that moment. <laughs> yeah, I was scared to scared to use that shower like all through my childhood. But yeah, that's uh, I mean. The set, I, I would say the set design in a lot of these movies are just, and this is what we talk about all the time, Anthony, how a lot of modern horror movies don't have, like, the atmosphere, but, like, consistently, yeah. I feel like all the Nightmare films have that atmosphere. Like, you know it's a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah, it has, yeah, like, one singular definitely. voice throughout, mm-hmm. besides, like, besides Freddy vs. Jason, which I'm counting in, like, the ranking, because it is a Freddy movie as well as it is a Jason yeah. movie. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have to. Yeah, how do you also, feel about Freddy vs. Jason? Now, I, technically, Freddy vs. Jason was the first Freddy movie I got to see in theaters because the other ones either came out before I was born or I was like a baby, you know. So, Freddy vs. Jason came out when I was seventeen, I want to say, and yeah. so I was really like excited to see it, and it was like. One of the first times I went to the movies and after it was me, my cousin or my older cousin, his girlfriend that went. And like after we came out, like there was like a huge line waiting for the next show. And I had never amazing seen, you know, something like that where you got all these people waiting for like this, you know, singular movie. So it was kind of like really exciting um, just to see that for the first time. Um, Yeah, I remember seeing that. that you love for so long. But yeah, I guess that goes for all of us. Uh, we were, I was even too young for a new nightmare. So, um, yeah, Freddy versus Jason, that was a big deal back in the day. Um, I loved it. I've told this dumb story before, but I was 16 when I saw it. So this was like prime time for Freddy, Jason, new metal. Oh my God. It's <laughs> this, the, the trifecta. So I, I love the movie. Made and you come right in your trip pants. I sure did, right, my Jinkos. Uh, but I, I loved it so much. I tried to sneak back in to the second showing right yeah. after it, like using my same paper ticket, and they caught me, and they like escorted me <laughs> off the theater grounds. They were like, "You can't, you can't hang around the parking lot and wait for your dad to pick you up. You got to go over to Walmart and call your dad oh, from man. a payphone." <laughs> going to Walmart sounds terrifying than going to see the actual movie in North Carolina. How dare uh, you yeah. do that to a small child? Um, but yeah, I loved it at the time. I, I have a lot of nostalgia for it. I, I mean, it's, well, we'll talk about the movie, but you know, it's got some good moments, but there's also a lot of, I don't know, parts yeah. that don't quite hold up, <laughs> Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very, that's the, that's a movie that's very of its time. It's very yeah. early 2000s. Like, Definitely. you know when that movie was made, when you watch it between the dialogue and the clothing and just the color palette of it, it's literally, it looks like, that's that, that's the exception. It looks like, uh, like look, Final look, Destination, like color-wise. Yeah, it looks like a Sprite <laughs> commercial from yeah, 2003. That's it was, yeah, I think that's because it was like film, I think they made that in Canada. So I feel like yeah, Canadian, Canadian films always have like a... Even when they're supposed to be played in America, even Canadian films have like a thing about them where you kind of feel like, you know, I think this was made in Toronto somewhere, or <laughs> yeah. Vancouver somewhere. Try to pass know. it off as outside of New York. <laughs> right. like, this, like, this isn't Schenectady. <laughs> weren't, they like filming, 
weren't they filming one of the X-Men movies at the same time, like right near where they were doing Freddy vs. Jason? I'm pretty sure I remember reading that because a lot of the cast from the two movies shared hotels. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, oh, actually. wow. I actually yeah. didn't know that. Well, Jay- yeah. Freddy vs. Jason came out in what, 2004? Three. 2003? 2003? Yeah, 2003. Yeah. That's like, yeah, X-Men, like X2, maybe. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> so before we jump into your rankings, Anthony, um, tell us about Fred Heads. It came out on <clears throat> what Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day of all nice. days. So sweet. <laughs> I mean, for the love of Freddie, it just makes right. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, me and Doug have both seen it, and um, I mean, it's really impressive. Being that, so did anybody have like? previous filmmaking knowledge or is this strictly like grassroots like kind of learn as you go well this was sort of like Paige's baby in a sense Mm -hmm. uh it originally started off as you know like say just the fandom and people just showing you know their collectibles and uh you know stuff like that but it evolved like it's like the more we film it's it just became what it was and we just realized what nightmare meant to so many people and like how it shaped lives and how it transformed lives. And, and, you know, we really want to get a a sense of like the community of, you know, nightmare on Elm street and show how big it was and, you know, how much it's grown, you know, over all these years. Um, Cause you know, it just felt like at least when I was younger, like, you know, it always felt like I was like the biggest horror fan, like in the world. And then when you start venturing out, you know, you get into the con world. I've been going to horror conventions since I was uh, maybe about since 2007. Mm-hmm. And then you realize it's it's way bigger than you, you know, yeah. and it, it kind of puts a lot more things in perspective. And we really wanted like to touch on that to really understand what this movie meant to the fans and you know the community in general those scenes where you guys are doing like the round table discussion and mm-hmm. sharing your very personal stories on how it yeah. you know the what the movie meant to you like some of those got me a little, almost a little teary-eyed man they even brought your mom on i was like oh yeah. man <laughs> that's, that's yeah that was, me and phil yeah. had this we're in sync that, that was exactly what i was gonna say i like how kind of mental health played a part in the documentary, oh, yeah. because it really shows how, you know, how hard it is to like something that is not really accepted in society, even though Freddie mm-hmm. is such like a big icon in pop culture. But when you go to these cons, you realize that there's a lot of people that you connect with that, you know, struggle with being bullied or struggle with their their image or appearance. And at conventions, it feels like that shit doesn't matter because all that matters yeah. is like your love for Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever, mm-hmm. or any particular thing that you like. So it was cool right. hearing the individual stories about like how it, how something so, I wouldn't say small because it's big in your lives, but to other people mm-hmm. it may be considered that, but something that you guys hold so fondly that it like helps you through difficult times and everything. So the mental health aspect was really cool. Yeah, that was big. Um, that was hard. That, that round table scene, that was really hard to film that because a lot of us we i mean we had been friends for a lot of years but there was just some stuff that we had actually never told each other until 
that round table sitting. So Man. yeah, so like those emotions were like just coming out like, you know, right in the moment. Um, it was like a therapy session almost. Basically, you know, <laughs> kinda like no nightmare three, the you know, groups and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, type of thing. So it, it I mean it 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 really just, you know, it got us all, you know. It, you know, we just that's when we really understood like what this film did for each of us, you know, because all of us pretty much became friends because we were Nightmare fans. You know, I met like Deandra on Facebook, like back in 2010. She was like one of the first people I friended because she had put her name as Nancy Thompson on Facebook. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I said, your name's Nancy Thompson. And you kind of look like her. It's so cool. And she like, that's like, kind of weird. <laughs> right. She's like, no, that's just my cosplay. And I'm just like. You know, you're what? Like, you know, I'd never <laughs> heard of cosplay at that at that time. Like, just never heard of it. So, you know, and from then, because she and I were both, you know, really big Nancy fans. You know, of course, we love Freddy's the villain, but we were like really big Nancy fans. And then Paige was a really big Nancy fan. So, you know, I didn't really find a whole lot of people who were, you know, mostly focused on the, you know, the heroes and the heroines. You know, because mostly. The villains became like, you know, anti-heroes and, you know, pretty much they're yeah. the face of, you know, the uh, franchises. But, you know, in the beginning, it was it was about the, the survival or the survivors. And, you know, that's what I've always felt Nightmare was. It's, you know, just this big story of survival because it wasn't like a typical. I See, I actually don't even refer to Nightmare on Elm Street as a slasher franchise. Um, I mean, there's people who disagree with me on that. You know, people, you know have your own opinions on it you know as you will but i've never looked at it as a slasher because to me it was a lot deeper you know than that you know because this isn't somebody that you could just see on the streets as you're walking down somewhere or, um you go to the creepy house and you know you find somebody there you know freddie's like you know he's up here and you know nobody can see that you know and he's in there you know with their darkest you know deepest thoughts and you know he can manipulate that and that's that's really, you know, really universal, you know, especially, you know, going back to like the mental health thing, you know, that all fits back into Nightmare 3 because the parents didn't know what else to do with their kids. So, you know, they thought yeah. it was their mental health that state. So they put them in this institution and, you know, so it it was more difficult for people to believe you because they don't know what's going on in there. You know, and there's nobody to believe you, you know, then Nancy comes back and, you know, basically reassures everybody no, you're not crazy, you know, you're not the, you know, only one that's dealt with this, you know, she's there to help, and I always loved that about Nightmare 3, um, and basically, like I said, with the, the franchise in general, just because it, you know, it hits on something different. I think you're absolutely right about the slasher thing, I mean, it gets painted in that because Freddy Krueger is a slasher, but mm -hmm. it's way more cerebral than any other of the main slashers, like Halloween or it goes a lot there's a much richer story there mm -hmm. you know especially when you and it kind of has i think it has a solid through line all the way through it gets a little muddled in yeah. like you know dream child and stuff like that but like you still have the main players involved like you get to see mm -hmm. freddie's backstory and his right. mother and it just the story gets deeper and deeper and it unfolds it's kind of like a like a seasoned television show almost just right. in movie form it's like a whole it's like a whole series that kind of yeah. is more cohesive than a lot of just slashers that are like you watch Jason movies for the kills. You what you watch Nightmare on Elm Street, I feel like a lot of the times for you're rooting for Nancy just as much as you are mm -hmm. for 
Freddy as as like you know um, good of a villain as he is, you like the characters, the other right. characters that are in. There. Yeah, a lot of the Friday movies, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, not Friday. Um, I would love to watch that crossover. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> they, hey they, Jason, back uh, here taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> so like the Friday the Thirteenth oh, movies. Man. They're very standalone, each one. Like, not a yeah. whole lot matters <laughs> yeah. in the in the previous entries. Like, you're here to watch Jason kill these faceless characters, pretty much. And I love the series. I'm not knocking yeah. it. Um, oh, yeah, it just is what it is. But re-watching this, the Nightmare series recently, um, some of these I hadn't seen in a while. But I was like, wow, like there is like a through line through the entire series maybe not so much with part two that almost feels like a <laughs> kind of a standalone movie in a way um well i said the but, only thing that connects that is nancy's diary i said that's pretty much the yeah, one yeah. thing that connects it yeah and the and, house and everything and then and then the house yeah you, but you still are you yeah Sorry, it does ahead. sort of feel like a standalone thing but yeah as a it's a very cohesive franchise and um certainly a lot more to chew on as far as the themes in the movies and the mental health aspects um even more so than halloween i mean that's like my favorite franchise but that series it kind of goes off the rails as well um a little yeah, there's like four different continuities to halloween <laughs> yeah yeah just like kind of like splinters <laughs> off into a whole bunch of different things but Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, does the best job at just keeping it steady and things are revealed throughout different movies that like there's a whole like lore behind it. Right. Rather right. than just you know everything about this guy. Like Jason. He got drowned in camp and he's coming back to life and murdering kids. Mm-hmm. Freddy, there's so much more. You realize that his mom was a she worked in the hospital, then she got gangbanged by a whole bunch of fucking people. <laughs> and that's how Freddy was born. I believe that's I believe that's what they said in the movie. She was gang ganged by other <laughs> yeah. maniacs. Right. Sorry, sorry to get so right. sorry to get so uh, double penetration. Made it sound like he was like walking down the street and like got pulled into an alley. <laughs> I guess I mean that's um, pretty like that's a gnarly thing to like realize. Like it doesn't make you sympathize with them, but you're like. His evil probably couldn't have been prevented just from all the circumstances. And that kind of just makes you dig deeper about people in real life who, like, commit crazy crimes and stuff like that and are serial killers. It's like they obviously grew up under circumstances that, you know, me or you or Phil hasn't uh, dealt with. And that plays a part. So, I don't know. Nightmare on Elm Street definitely makes you think more outside the box. Right. Than regular slashers. Well, speaking of digging deeper, are you guys ready to get to the <laughs> rankings section? Let's go, baby. That's also so, my favorite line in Freddy vs. Jason, by the way. When and like when he's like, and we dig a little deeper, and he puts oh, yeah. his claw into <laughs> Jason's like. Yeah. Basically, he like drowns. He like yeah. Jason turns yeah. into a child, and he's shivering, and he put fucking like touches his soft ass head with his claw. Yeah, even though yeah. Jason's terrified of water now, even though he's in water for most like. of the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I never understood, I never understood like, like in part six, he walks right out on, onto the boat to get Tommy. He's like, right. just trudging right through it. <laughs> but, but okay, hey, it doesn't what, matter. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, so, Anthony, we are going to just do your rankings and we'll kind of 
talk about each movie as we go. We will start from worst to best. I think I have an idea what's going to be on your bottom, but... Absolutely. Why don't you, yeah, why don't you start it <laughs> off for us? <laughs> Starting off with the worst? With the worst, that would definitely be the remake. Like, absolutely. That movie was, you know, going by with Doug, you know, I've seen your video, you know, whack. You know, just totally just <laughs> the wackest of the whack. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street remake, whack. <laughs> <laughs> and you could just keep saying that over and over. Because that's the only one that's fucking whack. We'll have to make oh, another man. version of that video. Oh, yeah, we can, we can do it. We can do it with a bunch. I just, I was, you know, I, when I found out they were remaking it, I was already kind of like, ugh, like, you know, it's, you know, I pretty much, you know, just loved the first one, thought it was a masterpiece. And, you know, I was like, well, let me just go into it with an open mind, like, you know, just to see, you know, what they've done. And I was just sorely disappointed, just beyond disappointed. I mean, it just didn't have that same magic um, mm. that the original had. I mean, well, I mean, you get, especially with Nancy, you get, like, Nancy's kind of, like, full story. You see her strength, like, you know, kind of build and build, like, you know, in the first film. And this one, you know, I just felt like she was leaning on Quentin so much. Like, you know, she wasn't really being, like, kind of like that standalone. And it just, I don't know. It just, it was very modern, like, but and not in a good way, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it and is. And this cool was. Something with a modern polish. And this was what, 2010 when that 2010. came out? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so this was like the height of just garbage, soulless remakes. And they were just yeah. churning out, you know, remake mm -hmm. after remake. And um, I remember the trailer. I remember thinking, like, okay, this kind of has some promise because it starts right. with Jackie Earl Haley running from the town and yeah. runs into yeah. the factory. I'm like, that yeah. okay, that's kind of cool. Right. And then the, you see the uh, little levitation scene. Like, all right, well, let's see what this is. And I honestly don't re even remember much about it. It was just such a product, so soulless, just yeah. vacant of any sort of anything. I mean, well, this was the like, era why? that um, that Platinum Dunes was remaking like every major horror franchise. Like they did the Friday the Thirteenth remake, Michael Bay's company, Platinum Dunes, and then right. they did Nightmare on Elm Street. And when you have hey, a dude am like, I, am I hearing that buzzing sound? I am. What is that? Is that you, Anthony? It was like. Bzz, I don't, <laughs> I don't, somebody I don't, at I your door? No, <laughs> you got DoorDash? <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh -uh, not okay, now ordering fucking Italian <laughs> hoagies to his house. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, I, I mean, now it stopped. So we're about right, to see you smack up a DoorDash driver right now for putting extra mayonnaise <laughs> on, on your sandwich. Yeah, Rooney Mara heard you talking shit about the remake. She's like, <laughs> "What'd you say?" <laughs> but I was, I was, um, when they casted Jackie Earl Haley, I was like, "This is an interesting choice" because he was in like. Uh, he was Rorschach and Watchmen, and I dug that. So I was like, "This, I don't, I don't agree with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake." But if you're gonna do it, he's an interesting choice to make. And they just, I don't know what the 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 writing was just so bad, yeah. and it had nothing. It just, it like you said, soulless. There's really no other mm -hmm. word for it. Yeah, mediocre there was no, there was nothing to hang mediocre. on to in that movie. Mm -mm. Like not like. Me and Phil always try to think about some positive things to say about movies that we necessarily don't like, because there usually is. You know, you could always just pinpoint something that was was 
at least they tried or attempted. This was just, I can't find a good thing to say about this movie because it's just, it's just horrid. The acting, <laughs> the story beats, the, the jump scares, which didn't even need to be. It was just no. very, very bland and boring. Mm-hmm. And speaking of sets that we were talking about earlier, like everything is just so drab. Like one thing about the Nightmare series, like there's often a lot of brightly lit daytime scenes. And the thing that makes Freddy work is when he's, we have that juxtaposition of like the bright neighborhoods and then comes Freddy. The remake is just dark the entire time. Like where the fuck do these people, where are they even living? So also, when Freddy, sh- when Freddy yeah. shows up, it's like, oh, okay. It's not really that jarring or anything. Yeah. No, it, li- it literally looks they're living inside like a dusty hamster cage. Um, <laughs> but like, the lack of creativity is baffling. Even the kills. Like, we- we're going to go through, I'm sure when we list these movies, we're going to talk about like our favorite kill scenes and stuff like that. There's so many creative ones in the original movies. And this one is is just so there's nothing to it. There's like not. it's just regular old like yeah he has the fucking he has the knives on his fingers and okay what what else are you gonna do? Freddy is a lot more than that, and they don't deliver on that front. And the CGI was they said that oh now we have the CGI this is gonna make it like even cooler. I thought the CGI was lame like the whole Freddy coming out of the wall behind it so looked, bad it looked like. Super real in '84, just using spandex and lighting, as opposed to yep. him like swimming on the wall. And then, like I said, yeah. it looked fake. I mean, I and then half Freddy's face was like green screen. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I mean, there was just so many like negatives to this, and like the whole like Tina, well, Chris in the remake, but like Amanda Wiss when she's in that moment, like when Freddy's like and she's going up the wall. I mean, that was like terrifying. I mean. Just her acting alone, it's just like, you know, she's just screaming for Rod and, you know, reaching her hand out to, and then all the while, blood's just going everywhere. And this, it just, it was so quick. It was like, okay, let's just, like, flip her on the wall. Let's, like, make her do some flips and do this and then cut her and then she's dead. It was like, okay. So well, the original, like, I mean, it's like that scene is iconic in its own right. But at that time, at least in the mainstream, you've never seen that in a movie before and you know right i feel like a lot of the times with those older movies from like the 80s or 70s mm-hmm. it's a lot of word of mouth there's no one's on the internet talking about how great the scene is it's like people went to the movie and they were probably saying holy shit you need to watch this movie because this chick gets slaughtered <laughs> and then they go out and see it it's just like that's kind of like a beautiful yeah thing when you have that about a movie that like it's just through it's so good that you just hear about it at your job or school or wherever. Mm-hmm. And that's I, like what that's I, how I was in the nineties. Like, you know, growing up in the nineties, it was like that, you know, that's how it kind of was with scream. Yeah. Was yeah. Talking about scream and just how, I mean, it was already like a big thing about that anyway, but like, it was it felt like movies. It was like an event, like back in the day, like, you know, it was like this thing you're gearing yourself up for. Cause you know, you could only see it at the movies. Whereas now you can, you know, watch it at the movies, but also like watch it at home at the same time. And, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, not very, it's not as spectacular, I guess. Yeah. And, and you know what, to piggyback on that bad boy, the, the marketing for like, just for example, like these movies, like Nightmare on Elm Street and the Exorcist and like all the, all the classic ones, 
you know, they don't have Instagram accounts making like puns about TikTok and shit like that. Like that diminishes like the 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 scream marketing for the new scream movie is the highest. It offends me actually how <laughs> how poor it is because I get we're in an age where you have to relate to you know be relatable to everyone and you have to make it accessible but like it's just corny it just makes ghostface seem like a wimp and it's like cutting into theaters like we're like it's just a cut above the rest it's like so corny <laughs> that like there wasn't any of that shit like you saw freddy krueger on a poster and you were like that's terrifying holy shit and right. it made it more real you know mm-hmm. as fake as it was but it just made it more menacing that way yeah well, any other thoughts on the remake? I mean, I, I can't even really praise the performance of Freddy. I know that he tried and did did his best, but it just didn't work for me. And Anthony, do you know if um did they consider bringing back Robert England for this? I, I mean, he wasn't that old. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I I don't think they did. I think they just wanted to do something like completely brand new. Because I know before mm-hmm. they did the remake, Robert was trying to approach, uh, well, I guess Warner Brothers now at that point. It was Warner Brothers as opposed to more New Line. But he wanted to do the Springwood slasher story, like showing mm-hmm. Freddy before he got burnt, you know, while, when he was doing all his killings while he was still alive. And then it lead into when he was burnt. And then I honestly would have preferred that than, you know, the remake that we got. But, you know, it, like I said, yeah. it was the era of remakes. So I think probably after that he probably didn't probably wasn't interested. I assume in doing it. Yeah, seems yeah. like he doesn't even want to come back. As Fre- I feel like his he acknowledges that his time has passed as Freddy. Unfortunately, right. I mean, I'm open yeah. to the idea. I mean, I'm kind of like just really let myself be open to the idea that I mean, if we want more sequels for Nightmare, there has to be somebody else wearing the mask. Uh, or not not the mask. I don't even know why I said that. The glove and you know the fedora. <laughs> Yeah. Um, thought you were a real but, fan but, <laughs> no I was just in, in my head but uh, <laughs> but yeah I mean I've kind of surrendered to the idea that you know somebody would have to donate you know since he's not really you know geared to play Freddy anymore um, I just think they just need to really go back to you know the original basic foundation of what Nightmare was to really get fans you know to really appreciate it because I just felt like in in 2010 it was just like you know just oh, okay yeah we're just gonna, we're just gonna make it you know and didn't really i mean they didn't even ask wes craven like his opinion or you know have him have creative you know input into it so you know i think that's why it fell flat fell flat it did um and that's why it's on the bottom of your list so yes. moving along i'm very curious to hear this pick i know mine but Anthony, what is your second to least favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie? Well, for I mean, I'll say that, say it this way, but I mean, it is Freddy versus Jason, but not because I really think it's a horrible oh, film. It's just mostly because it, because it just came out later. Honestly, you know, I, so I get that. I understand it, that. You know, in a sense. So, what well, it's not that I think that Freddy versus Jason is a bad movie. To me, it's, it's really fun. You know, it mm-hmm. what it is. I mean it knew what it was, you know, it wasn't, you know, trying to rock anybody's world. It was just really just try to put these two, you know, Titans of terror together, you know, and that was basically the lead up. And, you know, that's what I was expecting and what pretty much what everybody was anticipating. So it knew exactly what it wanted to do, but, you know, just in the line of 
Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, as a franchise, I just put it more just towards the back, just because it, um, you know, it, you know, really didn't have anything to do with like the older characters. You know, Freddy was basically the only common link. You know, even though they kind of had that homage in the beginning of his story of what he did, but it was more just Freddy's story and Jason's story of like who they were. So. Yeah, I guess it had to be though, being that it's a uh, Freddy versus Jason. They can't really pull from each franchise. I mean, I guess they could have, but Maybe I mean, for what it is, they couldn't. Could be that, but I mean, for what it is, it's dumb fun. I can still throw it on and recognize that. Yeah, a lot of this is not great and a lot of a lot of it's unbelievably stupid but it is a fun watch and there is some cool imagery in the movie like when uh yeah. demon freddy when he comes out of the water and everything's like lit in red yeah. i think he looks oh, pretty yeah. badass in that moment yeah like, that was pretty cool i i personally like this the story i like how they got freddy and jason together like the whole reason behind it how like freddy lost all his power and needs jason to to kill for him basically i would love to know how freddy like knows about jason mm-hmm. like that would be cool to like do like a like a mystery type of movie mm-hmm. well like, you don't remember like the original idea for that where freddy was supposed to like be like a counselor at camp crystal lake when he was younger and he was uh-huh. supposedly like messed with jason oh or something but i don't think they, they huh. I, I mean they didn't keep it in but that was one of the ideas they were playing with i was like Wow, that would actually be interesting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that would have went like, Ooh. yeah, yeah Freddy Krueger would have to move to Jersey in order to do that, <laughs> right? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that that would have been pretty dark. Well, they got but... the Springwood to Jersey pretty quick in in that movie. <clears throat> yeah, they did <laughs> Qu- quicker quicker than Jason got to Manhattan. <laughs> right, that shit took forty five minutes, <laughs> even longer than that. But no, Freddy, like you guys said, Freddy vs. Jason is just dumb fun. And yeah. that's all there is. It knew exactly. It delivers on every front. It has kills. It's funny. You have both of these massive horror villains together on the screen. It's fun to watch. When you have Robert England, you really can't can't go wrong. And Kane yeah. Hodder, who also, he's, I mean, uh, to me, he's the best Jason. Or uh, the most consistent Jason. He wasn't in Freddy vs. Jason. Wait, he wasn't? No, that was Ken. Ken Kersinger was Jason yep. and Freddy oh, versus fuck. Jason. <laughs> but Shit. you do see this. Yeah. You do see do know Ken that? Kersinger in Jason Takes Manhattan. Manhattan, yeah. When he throws him across the diner, like when oh, Jason walks okay. in, he like yeah. points his finger at him. Yeah, um, that's Kersinger. <laughs> but yeah, that movie has it all. Even Kelly Rowland calling Freddy a uh, gay slur. That part doesn't hold up very well. <laughs> yeah. Like, eh. I remember thinking, even for 2003, I was like, really? Right. Ugh, all right. <laughs> well, She's been listening to a lot of Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that reference, but. <laughs> okay. but her and Nelly had that one song. Oh, I oh yeah. Where, she, where she's messaging Nelly on like Microsoft Excel. <laughs> yeah. And it's like on the sidekick or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Freddy versus Jason? I mean, I yeah, it. the the promo it for the movie works. when they did the weigh in in Vegas. I mean, that, yeah. was, that was so oh, that was cool, so dumb. Yeah. But that's marketing at its finest. Yeah, that will sell yes. a movie. Yeah, I mean, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have like 
a t-shirt from that event or some like original promo items like the boundary that was hanging up that would be cool like the poster even like the NECA figures that they made from Freddy vs. Jason with like the flames in the background like the on the display oh yeah Yeah. really good taste all right Anthony moving along which movie did you like more than Freddy vs. Jason (laughs) this is the the eighth spot right I think so is this the bomb right here Mr. Evans? Oh, yeah. This is like hot ones. We're like, we're heating up right now. We're getting a little uh, spicy. Right. <laughs> so. You're going to feel a little bit of a kick with this one. <laughs> all right. So this one to be uh, Freddy's Dead. Okay, finally. Oh, Final so. Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Final Nightmare. So, hey, give not... me Freddy vs. Jason any day over Freddy's Dead. <laughs> I will watch Freddy vs. Jason ten times before I rewatch I, I, Freddy's I'm Dead. Gonna, I'm gonna, I, def- I defend Final Nightmare. I like Freddy's <laughs> Dead. <laughs> I mean, I only rank it in the sense of, like, when I think of, like I said, I do count Freddy vs. Jason as part of the story, but as, like, the entirety of the franchise, you know, part six, you know, pretty much right there at the end. If you're just thinking about it from, you know, one through seven, you know, so I consider part six just, you know, just towards the back. And like I said, I can, I can totally have fun with part six. I mean, I saw it like when I was like a kid, and you know, just being a kid, you still are kind of scared because it's like Freddie, you know, still, uh, I just thought they just went too comical with it. You know, yeah. I just, just like it's like if you look at part six and look at part one, it's almost like a parody, you know. Like yeah. somebody's like, "Oh, let's make the funny version of like Nightmare on Elm Street," you know. And yeah, I just wish I just felt like they really could have, you know, especially for it, you know, at the time, you know, when it was like you know marketed as the final nightmare, you know, to really just you know really kind of bring it back to basics and you know, I mean, I did like the story in the sense like you know you find out you know really more into like Freddy's you know story that. It wasn't simply just, you know, they burned him alive. It was because they took his daughter away. So now yeah. you take my kid away, I'm going to take your kids away. And, you know, it's like, you know, wow. Like, you know, that makes it, you know, a little bit deeper now, you know, mm-hmm. than just kind of like, you know, well, I'm going to finish what I started. It's, you know, it's really actually pretty personal for him in a sense. So I thought that aspect was really cool. And I just wish it just kind of had that know that darker even if they kind of went on the level of like how nightmare 3 was i think it could have even still been you know a little bit better well it it had the story beats there it had the the like the story was solid with the daughter reveal and everything the freddy backstory seeing how that all went down but it was just so goofy. Like he was yeah. just goofy. <laughs> and like, I mean, that was the moment I, I did write that down, that it was out of all the Freddy's in that movie, mm-hmm. probably the most goofy, but you have like, again, like we talked about before, the reveals in this movie was like the best parts in it. Maybe yeah. The execution just wasn't as good, but like they were in there, they were sprinkled in mm-hmm. there that made it interesting. That's why I'll defend this movie. <laughs> right. Me. You get to see him as a kid and, you know, how the, he was bullied and, you know, him starting a family and, you know, him being called, you know, the son of a hundred maniacs by his classmates. I mean, yeah. I, you know, Alice Cooper was his, like, adoptive you yeah. know, father. <laughs> I mean, abusive, like, father. I mean, I mean, so those aspects I thought was really cool, you know, you know, for the story. Yeah, those are good aspects. But then, like, it's just a performance of freddie himself and for one like the makeup is horrible in this one yeah. 
Um, yeah. yeah, like the power glove scene, <laughs> I, like seeing Freddy play yeah. video games, <laughs> great graphics. Epic like, no, well, that was, you know, Nintendo then, was, was paying, was paying that. No, they weren't actually, um, Bob Shea, like went against, they couldn't get the right to use the power glove, but he was like, well, we're going to do it anyway. And ultimately right. they didn't sue or anything, but <laughs> At what point did they not? Did they stop and say, "Should this even be in the movie?" Like, right. <laughs> like, well, they were trying to relate to the kids. This video games was a thing. And then Tom Arnold and Roseanne show up. It's like, what are we oh doing here, man? Like, oh man, right? Just completely. I, I can't defend those parts. <laughs> yeah. I um, just. Um, I mean, I look at part six because I'm imagine you guys have seen Freddy's Nightmares, the series. I know the prequel actually. Uh, I meant not prequel. The pilot episode um, mm-hmm. kind of goes into Freddy's backstory even more. You see, like Robert England in a courthouse wearing yeah. the sweater yeah. and mm-hmm. you know with no makeup on. So I do. I definitely want to watch that one. Yeah, no, yeah, I haven't seen. Oh, I, nice. I've always looked at them. Um, I mean, you can actually <clears> find them on Tubi, on Tubi now. Like you can find the whole series on Tubi. Um, but I found like a bootleg, you know, copy of like all the DVDs at one of the cons. Um, but I used to watch it as a kid. And then as I got older, because, you know, between five and six, it's supposed to be like this 10 year gap. So I always look at the the series as what happened in that 10 year gap, because, you know, now it, by part six, Springwood is like this desolate town that, you know, all the teenagers are dead and like, you know, it's. You know, it's just a very sad place to be. And basically in Freddy's Nightmares, I mean, like everybody was just pretty much getting killed. And, you know, not just teenagers, but like certain adults were getting killed. And and you just saw like his destruction throughout Springwood. So I was kind of and it kind of had that kind of same vibe as part six. Um, so I always kind of related to the series, you know, fit, kind of fitting into continuity a little bit. Even though I don't think it technically was supposed to be that. I just look at it as that because of it okay yeah it felt like yeah. um like what you said before about robert england wanting to do like the springwood slasher like mm-hmm. that could have been it if it was taken i feel like today if they did like a nightmare on elm street series uh it could play a whole lot better than it did because it will be taken way more seriously so freddy's dead any other thoughts on that one uh for me it might be my least favorite out of all of them that's just After- me I mean, before the remake. Yeah. Oh wait, nah. Yeah, no. I mean, I'll watch oh, yeah. Freddy's Dead before the remake. All right, but I'll I think that's where we got that covered. The remake over the re- yeah, I'll definitely take I, part six. I literally six. forget that the remake even exists. Like when I was thinking about this episode, <laughs> you you asked me about the remake, Doug, and I was like, oh yeah, like that's how forgettable that movie is. So it's pretty. It yeah. shouldn't even be. It should be erased out of existence. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, moving along, what's up next, Anthony? Alright, so next, and honestly, I always go back and forth between this one, um, but I'll I'll say Dream Child, but I feel like Dream Child really tried to go back to the darker roots of Nightmare. I mean, if you kind of take Freddy out of it and just mm-hmm. look at it as a story, it's pretty dark. I mean, they're talking about, like, you know, abortion yeah. and you know, the loss of a child, like, you know, Dan, like, the scene with Allison, you know, Dan's parents, and, like, them wanting to take her to court to, like, take her baby, 
know, because they feel yeah. like she's losing her mind <laughs> and just like the stuff that went on in the asylum where you see like Amanda Cooler getting, like I said, getting attacked by, you know, all the maniacs. And yeah, it was just a really dark story. But I just felt like at that point, Freddie was just so, you know, MTV. Yeah, nobody told Robert England like what what theme this movie was. He's like, "Hey, how's it going?" All right. right. It's like, "Hey, can you dial it back, Freddie, just a little bit?" Like, he, yeah, yeah, he's like full MTV Freddie in a <laughs> very dark dark movie. And again, like with uh Freddie himself, like I don't need to see him riding a skateboard. That's something I never want to see. I don't want to see Michael Myers riding a bike down Haddonfield. I don't oh, want to motorcycle, see... actually. Uh, motorcycle. Uh, yeah, go ahead and throw Jason on a jet ski in Crystal Lake while you're at it. Like <laughs> he would have gotten to Manhattan a lot faster on a fucking yeah. no. actually probably give him a give him a fucking sea do. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably buy Jason more on a, on like, you know on skis in the water than any, yeah, anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But there are some yeah. good kills. Like I was saying earlier, the shower oh, yeah. scene oh. was very memorable for me. Um, the motor death. Dan's death yeah, on Gre- the motorcycle. Yeah, Greta, Greta's death oh. was pretty gnarly. Yeah. The, the motorcycle was a little, was a it's, little cheesy. <laughs> oh, it's very silly, but, if you see the unrated version, it, it's way more graphic in the unrated yeah, they definitely for, for Nightmare Five. I, I wish they would release it on this. That it's only still on tape, as far as I know. It, but yeah, that's Dan's, fine for I us, mean, baby. You see, is I mean, yeah, it's just I mean, yeah, I still have my yeah my VHS, but you know, just like you know, just to like get it remastered, you know, just all this stuff that they could do, especially with Greta's death, because it was just more like you watch Freddy, like he slices open one of her like dolls and, and like the stomach. Yeah, and then like he, you know, and it kind of, and it somehow, you know, it cuts, you know, Greta's stomach. So I guess he's like stuffing food down her mouth. He's actually like sticking his claws in there, scooping it back out, and feeding it back to her. Yeah, all like the uh, intestines are just. It, yeah, that's a gnarly. So it kind of like, reminds oh. me of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dinner scene a little bit, <laughs> just more like comical. Oh yeah, it was horrible. I mean, that not funny story. I first saw that version and nightmare five when i was six years old in daycare so (laughs) that was like very radical for me to like be watching it was just like that scene it was just like i just remember feeling like queasy just like Mm -hmm. oh like you know it was just like so disgusting and like you know but that's that's the only way you can watch those scenes is like on vhs but they were like they are on youtube as well oh yeah or yeah you can get them on youtube yeah but again like Somebody should have said, hey, Robert, tone it down a bit. He's like, bon appetit, bitch. Uh, it's <laughs> I like... admit, that, that's hilarious. That's always <laughs> Hey, I'm he, Freddy. <laughs> he, was, he was flexing the comedic chops. Oh, man, this was is so like... well received in the other movies, and he was like, you know what? Let's just dial this up to a thousand. Robert England at the Apollo. Do <laughs> like, oh, it stand up. Yes. All my other favorite scenes in the was uh when it's uh Alice and uh uh Jacob and they're kinda like when they're in the dream they're like on that like platform and you know they're trying to find where Freddie is and all of a sudden he just like emerges from her body so like her whole face is like Freddie's face and his 
just like coming out of her and their faces are like connected. I just remember that scene just being like so gnarly. Like I, I loved it as a kid, but I was also uh-huh. like freaked out because I thought like if he can do that to her, he can do that to me too. Like he's like gonna come out, <laughs> like come out. I mean, you know what it is when you're a kid. Like he's gonna like come out of my body and do that stuff. Like, you well, know? that's the thing about Frank. If you have a vivid <laughs> imagination and you dream a lot, right? Uh, he he's gonna get you in your dreams, or he's gonna kill you in real life. There's no escaping. <laughs> So he's gonna so, take he's gonna take your vivid dreams and just ruin it. Just ruin, just give you all the nightmares. So I have a question about that movie. You might know the answer to this, Anthony. Um, you know when Freddy gets torn apart by the hundred maniacs, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, like when I rewatched this, it's been a while since I rewatched it, but um, I was like, oh, this is the ending, and this is pretty cool. But then it like keeps going the kid like shoots his tongue through Freddy or something. Did they add that on? Like was the getting ripped apart by the maniac supposed to be like the original ending? And then they were like, "Uh, maybe we should add something else. As far as I know, the ending was what we saw. Like, you know, Alice, Alice and Freddy having that final confrontation and then Jacob getting involved because, you know, his mom or, or Amanda Kruger comes and like you know he's giving you these powers so use it against them and then Freddie basically being pulled back into like you know Amanda Kruger I think that pretty much was the original ending all along okay it just felt a little tacked on I guess I thought it maybe they could have extended the you know 100 maniac scene and that would have been like a pretty fitting way to die but <laughs> but instead he gets a giant tongue shot through him <laughs> it's like what was that thing <laughs> i think i think it was just supposed to be like a regurgitation of like what because remember freddie was supposed to be like feeding jacob you know the souls and basically ah, he okay. shoots that back out so that's why the souls end up dragging freddie like back so all those three are like coming back i got you like okay. trying to like come through him which uh, that part always got me too because they just look weird Ugh. like i don't then we just yeah. have like some really sick moments in it like greta's like in the kitchen like coming out of the refrigerator jaws are like 10 times their size and i mean and, yeah oh, yeah and then i don't yeah. know if you guys ever noticed when freddie pulls her back into the refrigerator there's a little note on the uh refrigerator door and it says die bitch what? <laughs> you guys ever noticed <laughs> uh i don't know i or maybe not. Is it on like a uh, little yellow post-it? Yeah, it's like on a, well, not like a post-it, but like a, you know, just like something, you would just write something and just like attach it to like a refrigerator right. like back in like the day. And like on that, like, like I guess it's just supposed to be in like Alice's dream when they go home, because when it cuts back, that note is gone. But ah. after he pulls her back into the refrigerator, there's a note that it just says, die, bitch. <laughs> on, nice. the, on the great. little note. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if zinger. that was Robert England's improv or something. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, um, on rewatch the other day, it I enjoyed it more than I remembered. Certainly not as bad as Freddy's Dead, but it's got some solid moments throughout. Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, and I I'll, like that um, Alice's father kind of has a redemption. There's like an arc to his story, like he's yeah uh, quit drinking, and um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it does tie up characters from the previous movie nicely you know you still have alice and dan still together yeah um, very consistent so yeah because yeah, even when she talks about having a baby boy he's like i hope it's a boy you know it'd be good to hear a boy you know come through here talking about rick 
you know, right. died in part four. So, you know. Yeah, and they could have really hammed up that moment and like had her looking at a picture of Rick and like kind of beat you over the head with it. But you would only get that if you had seen the previous movie. So that was a nice, subtle tribute to Rick without being so in your face about it. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on along. What is your next pick, Anthony? That would be Dream Master Nightmare 4. Oh, all right. Um, I am. I am a fan. I I do love Dream Master. Um, Again, I just because it's getting more. That's when really mtv freddy like basically was like really introduced you know because he's like on the beach you know putting on the sunglasses and her like yeah, this kind of like could have ah, could have done without that know. scene but yeah, yeah there, there's a lot about this movie that i was really impressed with on recent oh, yeah. rewatch i was like wow i'm really enjoying this movie um for I mean, a lot of reasons but I mean the kills, and I mean, oh, I mean all the oh, the one that still gets me, still one of my favorites, is like Sheila's kiss of death. It's just so nasty, and and it's just yeah. like you know, just like just watching the air get sucked out of her, and she just shrivels up into like this like emaciated skeleton, you know, version of herself, completely zapped of anything. Like that just always like got me. Yeah, and I think it has like. One of probably my favorite kill of the series with the Roach Motel, like that whole body, <laughs> the body horror in that oh, is yeah. just. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to mention like before that, she gets her arm snapped while doing bench press. Yeah, just great makeup effects. Dude, I couldn't eat the school yeah. like cheese pizza when I first like after watching that movie because the because <laughs> I was like I was eight I was eight when I saw Nightmare Four in that like the goop in the Roach Motel that her face got stuck in it pulls like her face off uh-huh. she's like it looked like the cheese on the school pizza so i remember like <laughs> the next day or maybe two days after and i saw that cheese i was like i just pushed that train i was like no like i can't <laughs> even do it i was like all i see is like her face <laughs> like mm. it was really the effects in that movie were really good yeah and um i think alice is a great lead i mean they brought back Kristen, you know played by tuesday night Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, it, I'm not crazy about her performance uh, Tuesday night. So I, I thought it was good to have her die and then bring on Alice as a new character because she does actually develop over the movie. Yeah, um, into a strong, mm-hmm. strong lead. But yeah, that always kind of bummed me out. I, I kind of felt like the last of the dream wars were cut off like way too fast you know if they're supposed to be like you know these warriors and i just felt like it just happened like wait i just felt i mean i didn't i mean yeah it sucked that they died but if it had to the lead to alice's you know hers the the hair the new heroine i felt like maybe they should have let them at least last until like you know half the movie and you know maybe them dying off in you know a different way um you know than her recognizing her position now as the dream master it just it just happened like way too fast for me and i mean i understand because that that's that production was kind of plagued because the writer's strike was going on so they didn't have like a full script you know they were just kind of working off day by day like what they're going to do so i mean i understand it in that regard but it just kind of it just kind of sucked you know for you know story-wise yeah you hated to see like ken cade go he was uh, such a great character from part three but right but i mean the great sets great lighting lots of mm-hmm. just red and blues 
It's yeah. um the start of MTV Freddy, but like not in a bad way. Like it's it's kind of the perfect mix of both. Like uh still comical, but at the same time still very dark and downright mean with like the roach motel death and other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean I I do like Alice as a heroine. I just um always kinda like I you know I always see fans talking about who they prefer more over, you know, Nancy or Alice and this and that. Um I love her strength, especially from how she was in part four to part five, because you mm-hmm. really see her growth. Um I've just always been more pro Nancy because he was really after Nancy. You know, in part four he was using her because now she has Kristen's power. So he wasn't really after her until pretty much the end when it was just those two and then part five he wasn't really after her in a sense because he needed Jacob's dreams to bring him his victims and so it's like he you know so it's almost like in a sense she was safe you know but not safe you know so it's always been like this toggle you know between that you know not disregarding like her character whatsoever I mean because she did still have to fight you know regardless of all that going on um but, you know, I just feel like there was a difference between, you know, her and Nancy and, you know, in that aspect. Yeah. Uh, Doug, you got any thoughts on part four? Any any memories, any standout moments? Uh, you guys pretty much summed up exactly uh, what's going on in my head. I mean, Dream Master has a lot of creative kills. I think some of the most creative kills in the series with the Roche Motel and everything. Uh, that's easily one of my favorites. And then, yeah, just the create the creativity of that movie. It's very like that one's a comfort movie for me. I could just put that on any old time and kind of just have it on in the background. It's just very like aesthetically pleasing, and it kind of yeah, just. Is. I wouldn't. I don't want to say. I don't know how to say this with not, without like um, dissing it or anything. But there's no like, like it's just very middle. Like, it's just a really solid movie through and through. There's no, like, gigantic climax or anything. There's no, like, crazy reveals or anything. But it starts off with a bang, and then it just is really solid from there. Yeah, that's fair. I agree, yeah. I can agree with that, for sure. More like starts off with a flaming piss stream from the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, yeah. His urethra will never be the same. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to bring Freddy back, but hey, whatever. I th- I think what you guys were saying before too, like it kind of like how um the Dream Warriors cast were getting killed off uh too quick, which I do agree it would have been nice to see them play a little longer in that in the movie. Um but it kind of just goes to prove just I think or at least it seems like what they're doing is showing you how powerful Freddy is. I mean, he's made up of all these demons from hell that keep reviving him and stuff like that. So, like, he's truly powerful no matter what you do. So the fact that he just murdered the supposed dream warriors kind of realized that, okay, Freddy, he's no joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I got to talk about Joey's death with the waterbed. I mean, yeah, fucking great. <laughs> I love oh, that. Yeah. Really solid one. One yeah. of my favorite kills. Great and again, one-liner from Freddy. How's this for a wet dream? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's like not like too MTV Freddy. Yeah, it's not it's over the top. Tip. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. it's it's subdued, but like it's funny, but like he enjoys it. Like he enjoys killing these people, and he's gonna fucking laugh in your face when he does it. <laughs> Not so like hey, like like fucking like uh like Ray Romano or something, and everybody loves Ray. <laughs> like, all right, we get it. You're 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 yeah. big and bold, and you're loud. <laughs> but yeah, oh, Dream Master wow. is easily um, it's at the top of my list, just like you guys for sure. I think it might be top three for me. Top three. Uh, I think yeah. it's four. I think it's four for me actually. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah. It's pretty much four for yeah. It's just a fun watch. Like like you were saying, Doug, it's not amazing, but it's just very solid, great kills. And uh, Like if I was to put on, like if I was in the mood to watch a Nightmare on Elm, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, movie, I gravitate toward that movie. Even though like Dream Warrior is one of my favorites and New Nightmare and the regular one. I mean, the regular, the Kali original. Um, I don't know why I fucking said the regular one. Uh, I don't know, Dream Master. I just love watching it. I, it's just a, I, it's just a fun movie to watch all the time. I don't think I can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the classic. I mean, I've seen so. I'm sure, like all of us, mm-hmm. we've seen so many times right. that, like, not that it gets boring, but you just, you just know it. Yeah. Um, Same with like Halloween. I, I yeah. have to keep rewatches to at least once a year. Just because, like, like I love this movie, but I just seen it so many times. You know? Right. Um, Screams like that too. Halloween Scream. It's like mm-hmm, they're comfort yeah. movies for sure. Yeah. But like, it take like it takes a a lot to uh to put them on now, just because I just seen it so many times, and I I, yeah. I know there's a lot of people out there that literally watch the same movie every day, and that's no judgment to them. But I like to I like to give it a little breathing room, yeah. To, sure. to you know mm-hmm. reintroduce myself and remember the love that I have yeah. for it. But Dream Masters, yeah. All right, Anthony. Moving on along, we're getting into the nitty gritty now. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that from here on out, and even part four, like we all like these movies, yes, to some degree. Like maybe you could, I could ask you next week, and it might change. Or is this like your solidified list? This has been my list pretty much like for years now. Okay. Years. Yeah. All right. Not a whole lot of changing at the top. I respect that. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely not. Not at the top. The man, the man (laughs) knows what he likes. All right. So what's the next pick going to be? All right. So now this pick is actually, uh, Freddy's revenge. Hey, part two. All right. I really enjoy part two. Um, I've always enjoyed it. Even when I was a kid, even, then I knew it was different, you know, because I've seen all the nightmares like out of sequence when I first started watching them. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, I was, was watching them in chronic, chronological order. And then, you know, I got to a certain point. It was just, you know, so when I saw it, I think I saw I was about eight years old when I saw that one, too. Um, and I just remember it terrified me at eight years old. I mean, that opening scene, the the bus scene. I mean, yeah, that was like, such a good scene terrifying i mean and i was a kid who rode the bus you know going to school and i mean them just you know all the i mean it starts off super normal kids are getting off you know going home you know whatnot and all of a sudden like you know he drives past one of their bus stops he's like oh no that was my stop and then he's just like exceeding on the gas and then they just go out to this burnt out desert where basically (laughs) they're just like 
<laughs> everything just melts away and they're just stuck on this like one pyre where the bus is rocking back and forth and Freddy's just yeah his gloves just like hitting each chair like as he's getting closer and like you know it's just a very much of you know predator and prey like this you know this super taunt like you know it's just very eerie and you know just creepy and you know really scary that was still mean Freddy kind of yeah, carrying over yeah. from the first one like he yeah, really wasn't dark. as jokey yeah. As he got, but yeah, he very, very dark. And that scene alone, the in, the intro really set up mm-hmm. how that movie was going to go. Because, like, again, yeah. Freddy's not fucking around. Yeah, and then it cuts not. to uh, Jesse lighting out one of the best screams of all time. Yeah. <laughs> his family's eating breakfast. He's like, ah! <laughs> Mark, gotta, gotta uh, give it up to Mark Patton. Mark, oh, oh yeah. really, we love, really we love Mark Patton. Oh, yeah, I, I met him that. for the first time, like... Um, Last year at Fear Fest here in North Carolina and talked to him for like, I don't know, five minutes or something. Just very, very sweet guy. Um, yeah. Very down to earth. Yeah. 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 Seems like a very I mean, gracious dude. And it's, it's, it's fun. Like, this is like his role mm-hmm. that he's still known for after all these years. So it has to mean a lot to him that people actually still come up to him and like talk about this movie. Right. I mean, the male screen queen. I mean, he is like the <laughs> yeah. epitome. Of like the male scream queen. <laughs> yeah, speaking of scream queen, I need to rewatch that documentary. I only yeah. saw it once, but I really enjoyed it and kind of walked away from it having a new appreciation for this movie. It's a pretty good. Yeah. Do- I mean, just his story. I mean, just like everything he went through, like after yeah. this movie, it was kind of like the greatest thing that ever happened <clears throat> to him. But then almost like, you know a downfall randomly but you yeah. know, now mm-hmm. it's more it's more of it i mean nowadays for him is he loves it you know but just like back then just how different things were and you know yeah. the taboo things and you know so it, that was yeah that was a really good documentary like a really like good eye-opener of like just how hollywood was you know regarding yeah, very you know, not accepting issue. of anyone who was different or gay or anything right. like that unfortunately <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind it, it's kind of a shitty thing to hear, even though it's like a redemption story type of deal, and he, f- he figured out who he was, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just to just to hear those stories about how they treated him, yeah, was was just really really horrible. Yeah, that was like it's like awful. I mean, I I hate to hear that happen to anybody. I mean, it's just like yeah, you know, it just. You know, Especially that, if it was someone who's trying it. to just share, he has so much talent. Yeah, and he the fact really that they good. try to like just to like undermine him is just mm-hmm. so is just so strange. And he did a really good job in the film. I mean, I thought he did really good. Did. You know, carrying on, um, you know, just that story of like, you know, now this new family's living in this house, and you know, basically, this thing is like. You know, Freddie being inside. I mean, that whole scene where he's like in Grady's room and you just finally see it for the first time when Freddie's like emerging. I mean, just the claws coming out of yeah. his fingers and like his skin just ripping and like his whole body coming apart. I mean, it was just like, whew. I mean, at eight, I mean, like I said, eight years old. I mean, that stuff is like traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, I mean, it's cool, but it's like traumatizing, you know, and then like the whole you know, pool party massacre scene. Like, I mean, I know like that wasn't like Wes Craven's favorite because for now, Freddie's kind of like out <clears> in the <throat> open with teenagers, but I always really liked that pool party massacre. I mean, just, just, it his, is, 
it is very jarring to watch it now to see Freddy running around a pool. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like at a distance away, like just boogie, boogie, boogie. You know, like. But that's what like, makes this... it so nuts, though. Because, right? like, mean... he's part of. I mean, he can attack you in his dream. So, like, it, it's it's kind of cool to see. Exactly. Obviously, and that's it's where Freddy. In yeah. That's where Freddy belongs. It's like one on one with dreams. <laughs> all right so uh favorite moments from part two definitely the bus scene definitely freddie emerging from jesse and grady's room some coach schneider action <laughs> that yeah. was so i was like oh, assume the man. position <laughs> just, his it's character like, oh. was ama- i love marshall bell's character like his co-character was like amazing like he was just like a fun character and then yeah. he's like so random and like like randomly just finds him at this bar just like i think where well, i think he said it was like an snm bar i think he said yeah he like yeah the, like some kind of yeah the, the leather daddy bar <laughs> I, it's not even um gay subtext i mean it is you know very much out there as far i mean there's so much bare ass in this movie yeah. but mm-hmm. i heard somebody say like you know, think about every other slasher movie you see from around this time. It's full of female nudity. It's like right. settle, settle down. If if you got to see a little bit of man ass or a lot of it, like that's pretty right. much what females have to go through whenever they watch these movies. So it's just a naked body. It, there's really yeah. no big deal about it. People shouldn't make a big deal about it at all. Nah. Yeah. Hey, sorry hey. about all that interference. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, is it uh, is it your headphones? Well, they're not even plugged in anymore. I now just have it plugged into the wall because my battery was getting ready to run out, and I didn't want it to oh, cut out. Okay. Unless uh, I don't know how we can, unless I grab my laptop real quick. Yeah, we could like take a quick break, and I can just send you a new link whenever you're set up, and we'll finish okay. the. Yeah, Cause I I could use a pee break anyway. I don't know about you, Doug, but. Uh, yeah, I think I actually need to go back to work. Oh, shit. That's <laughs> so right. You, need, you, gotta... you guys might need to you know, rock it just the two of you for the rest of it. But this, I, oh, I, I really go. wish I could finish out the episode. But this, oh, this, is, a, this is a great fucking time. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, Doug, I know you, I hate to like jump in the middle here, but Doug has to go to work. Uh, he's got to work a show tonight at his venue. But so me and Anthony are just going to finish the episode from here on out. But, Doug, uh, thank you as always. Love good, you, good. Anthony. I love you too. You're, I, I really wish we could hang out more and we could talk about this, but you and Phil are going to have a solid conversation. And he's out. <laughs> oh no, I think he's still there. Oh, okay. Oh, um, like when it just went all black. I'm just like, what just uh, <laughs> I was like, and he left. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, yeah, I really wish I could hang for longer. But I'm doing this uh, right now. We're recording this in the middle of the day, and I took a quick break from work, and I got an hour of this in. So. It's gonna hey, be go, a nice one-on-one. Uh, go, go, go! Sell those tickets, baby. Yeah. Oh, you already fucking know it's already sold out. I don't gotta do anything. Hey, what show is it? <laughs> Sam Morell. Oh, stand up. Yeah, comedian. He, he oh, okay. Like Mark Norman and stuff like that. All right, good for him. Well, uh, all right, Doug. Well, you go do that, and me and Anthony will just kind of continue on here. All right, sounds good, baby. I will listen to the rest of this episode like everybody else. All right, cool. All right. Well, you can, ju- you can you. just go ahead and end it from your end. Yeah, love you too, buddy. All right, later, bro. See you later, Anthony. Work, and then maybe you can make it. Can I ask you something? Certainly. 
All right, and we are back. Had to take a little break, but um, Doug had to jump off. But me and Anthony are going to finish this list strong. <laughs> so I believe we were still talking about Nightmare Part 2. I forgot exactly what part, but... Uh, I think we were talking about favorite scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah, favorite scenes. When he pulls his scalp off, that's pretty cool. Oh, I got the brain, or you got yeah. the body, and I got the brain. Yeah. And then <laughs> Jesse lets out another epic scream. Epic scream, <laughs> man! I don't even think I could. I don't even think my voice would allow me to do that ever. I think <laughs> once I hit like thirteen, yeah, that that was done. <laughs> Maybe twelve. <laughs> yeah, nobody can do it like Mark Patton. But, uh, <laughs> what do you think about the makeup on Freddy in this one? I actually really dug the makeup. I thought Kevin Yeager taking over from David Miller. I think he did a really good job. Cause I remember with some interviews with Kevin when he talked about, you know, they didn't really like save any photos from part one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, you know, cause originally Nightmare was just supposed to be like a one off, you know, type of movie. And so he didn't have anything to really go off of. So he just had to, cause he said he just saw this face and he was like, you know, what what is this like how do i even start and then he just what he created you know like i say he freddie's like face got had like more like bone structure and you know just kind of had this like slimy like, <clears throat> yeah like slimy and just this especially his eyes because I, I think they said they did something with his eyes like put some contacts in or something his eyes were like really creepy in part two because they did like some close-ups on his face a lot uh-huh and he was just really creepy looking in part two. I thought they, I thought he did a really good job with, uh, you know, with what he had, you know, just yeah. to use with Freddy. I thought it was really good. It was creepy. Yeah, he definitely looks like the smelliest Freddy. Like I can just picture him just <laughs> smelling like shit, like like old rotten hamburger meat or something. Like Ugh. Yeah. Ooh, this whole man. movie is like it has a, it's kind of like a hot, sweaty, gross feeling to it. Like everybody's sweaty, yeah. birds are exploding, records are melting, mm-hmm. uh, right? The grass is dead. Like it, it does. Um, it stands apart from the other movies in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I get it to a sense because since you they didn't bring back Nancy, so now you all you really have left is like the house. Yeah. And and obviously Freddy, you know, from the first one. So you just had like those two elements. So now you're just trying to bring back, you know, some familiarity, like with who Freddy was. But, you know, now in this one, it's a little different. Um, But they say like, you know, oh, this was different from the franchise. But it's like they say, like, you know, there was no other franchise at this point. You know, it's just one and two. So Mm -hmm. they just kind of had those two films at the time i mean i guess you know they kind of wrecked in what they did you know just really bringing freddie out into the real world i mean i i feel like they maybe act like part two didn't happen when part three starts you know because there's really no mention of part two or any of the characters but i mean i still count it like always i always still count count it um i just think i said as much as i love part two i I do feel feel at times it's like like a bit choppy a little bit it's just about to say that yeah the narrative is a little clunky a little yeah choppy um 
It's like maybe like the story's not fully there. Like it it it's kind of jarring the way it starts. You know, you have the awesome uh intro, but then you're mm-hmm. like, Who's this family? Why is he in the house? It's like there's not a lot of it just starts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, the narrative isn't that strong, but it's a solid movie. I I've yeah. grown to appreciate it more over the years. Yeah. What what numbers? Yeah, I mostly just love that he's still dark. That's what I really love, that he was still really dark yeah. in that film. Like, you know, there wasn't, like, you know, this wasn't MTV Freddy. This yeah. was, you know, just still, like, you know, just really, you know, kind of dark in the shadows Freddy. Mm-hmm. You know, just very, like, secluded Freddy. Because, you know, these first two, it was just him and maybe, like, one other person. Like, it was either him and Nancy or him and Jesse. And then... Later on in the sequels, it was like, you know, really the groups that really went into the dreams, you know. Yeah. Because really in part one, the only dreams you really saw he went into were Nancy and Tina. You didn't really see him in Rod and Glenn's dreams, like how he was with Nancy and Tina, like where he was actually chasing them. Yeah. You know, with Glenn, it was just, oh, down in the bed. Or with Rod, it was, you know, the... Jail the, Like bed sheets. Yeah. yeah. So, but you didn't really, he wasn't really tech, really in those scenes, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, good point. Um. All right, so moving it on along. Now, now is where it uh really gets tough. I think. So <laughs> not for me. Not for you. Definitely not. Yeah, for you me. already have this list <laughs> solidified. So what's uh what's your next pick gonna be? So this one is the awesome Dream Warriors. Hey, hey, that's uh kind of surprising because I hear a lot of people say that this is their favorite. Over the original, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and I get why. Yeah, like part four. Uh, I hate to keep saying MTV Freddy, but the wise, <laughs> the wisecracking Freddy right. that uh, we see in you know part five and Freddy's Dead. Um, there's glimpses of that here with you know like Welcome to Primetime, yeah. bitch, and starting mm-hmm. to crack some more jokes and stuff. Actually, this is uh, kind of the first movie where. Freddie really lets loose in terms of just shit talking. Yeah. I guess I can say yeah, it, for I, lack of a better term. Yeah. <laughs> just talking shit. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but it this but it works. That, yeah, it really did. Like I felt like part three there was like a, a it was like a balance. It's like you kinda had yeah. who Freddie was in parts one and two, but then kinda easing into that you know, wisecracker. Yeah. You know, like you know, not trying to say, you know, M T V Freddie again. Oh but, no, you know, it's kind of we could like we can say it. I mean you know, I mean, yeah. So it was kind of it was kind of a mix, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what I was kind of saying back with part like with part six. You know, if if they were going to kind of have that Freddy, I wish they would have kind of used you know that version of Freddy where it was kind of like you know the borderline. So it's like yeah, you had him dark, but then yeah, and then you had him kind of like you know cracking those jokes right. as he's killing somebody. You know, I think it would have been a better mix because you know in part six that he was just all comedy. You know, there yeah. wasn't really anything like too scary about him at that point. Part three, I just, you know, I really love the story. I really love, like, the camaraderie with the kids. And, you mm-hmm. know, this is, like, the first time it's, like, the, a group. And, you know, you have that factor of Nancy coming back. And, you know, it's supposed to be, like, six years after the first one. And, you know, she's able to help them. And, you know, because, like, her monologue and that sequence where she's, you know, basically explaining, like, who Freddie was and how he affected her life, that's, like, my favorite monologue in like any horror film oh nice 
Yeah, it was just, I mean, just that one line where Kincaid's just like, you know, don't humor us. You know, we're not in the mood. And all she has to say, you know, he wears a dirty brown hat. Uh-huh. And it's like, you just see the look on their faces like, <laughs> you know, that, like, she she knows exactly who you guys are talking uh, I thought, about. I thought you were about to say, yeah. great, now my dick's <laughs> killing me. <laughs> that is a great line. No, not that line. <laughs> that was a good one. But that is a great line. Yeah, that's a good Oh, line. on that Fredheads documentary, you were like mm-hmm. hanging out with um shoot, what's his the actor's name? Uh Kincaid. Kinsegos. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's my homie. Yeah. I've known I've actually known King or I'm about to say King Kincaid. <laughs> I've known Ken for uh like since oh seven, like at my first con, like that's the first time I met him and we just like really like, you know, kinda talked for like a while. And a funny story with that, if I tell a funny story. Absolutely. Really with that. Yeah. Uh maybe a few years after I had that first initial conversation with him at that con, I was working uh at a liquor store, which is ironic because I don't drink. But I worked at a liquor store for about seven years and I remember I was stocking bottles one night and my mom called me. And at this time, my mom and said that they lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had met like this older woman down there. Um, I think they went to like the same like beauty salon, uh, if I'm remembering right. And she uh, had told me about her and she said, oh, yeah, she had was getting like some friends to come out from out of town. And, you know, we're all going to have dinner and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. And so she ends up calling me. And she's like, hey, somebody wants to talk to you. I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, you know, voice comes on. It's like, hey, Mark, how you doing? I'm just like, what? And Mark, and that's Mark is my first name. I said, only people who I've known for years, like since I was a kid, randomly will call me that. My mom still calls, well, my mom actually calls me Mark Anthony. Um, <laughs> so when this nice. voice came over, I'm just like, Mark, I'm like, who is this? <laughs> you know he says he says ken ken sagos and i'm like what, what? <laughs> like what do you like wait wait what she said yeah we're all out to dinner and then you know it turns out that the woman my mom had met you know she used to be a teacher and she you know was uh friends with ken from back in you know when they were in california when he was younger wow. and you know they had been friends all that time and i was like what that's crazy <laughs> It's wild. I mean, you're just not expecting that. Like, you know, like you're at work and I'm like, I'm on the phone with like King K. Like, yeah, what? that's crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Damn, we should have uh, reached out to him, see if he wanted to hop on the podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but for me, he is yeah, um, good probably out of the whole um, uh, Weston Hills crew. Um, I think, say, him and Joey, my favorite characters out mm-hmm. of those. But yeah. yeah, yeah, very solid characters. Yeah, yeah actually, they were just all cool. Yeah, now that I think about it, like most movies around this time and horror movies, there would be like the cliche, annoying person, like the stereotypes, mm-hmm. but everybody's really likable mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah, yeah, everybody is. Yeah. That's what I always say. Is, that's why I say Nightmare kind of stands out. Yeah. And I say it's not typical, like, because you didn't like have the mean girl or, you know, the one that's causing trouble or this person. It's like, you know, all the kids are all together to fight. And it's like, no matter what sequel, like, you know, you didn't get that in part three, part four, part five. I mean, everybody was like together, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, yeah, it might, some might've been skeptical at first, you know, that was like later on after the initial, you know, kids had been killed off the Elm street kids, you know, somebody's like, Oh, I don't, you know, but then once they knew it was like, okay, now we're together, you know? So there wasn't never really that, 
you know, kind of like you said, like cliche, you know, or stereotypical group of teenagers in these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are your favorite moments of this one? I, I personally just, it's oh. a very quick moment, but the stop motion puppet Freddy, I love that. Oh, yeah. I wish that had, I, mean, um, I would have liked to have seen more of the little puppet Freddy running around. But <laughs> for the little bit we did get, um, that was great. And it led up to a great death with Philip. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my favorite death from part three is the marionette, uh, you know, I'd have to falling s- off the tower. Yeah, I'd have to say so as well. Uh, think about it. Like the makeup work on that with the tendons coming mm-hmm. out. I was, I was rewatching. I was like, oh, geez, just makes you wince, you know? Um, yeah just super creative especially you know back in like you know 86 you know it's like just super creative you know just what they were able to pull off and i remember them talking about that one like part three was like one of the most like like most technical difficult mm -hmm. of all the nightmares just because of all the stuff they were doing like the hall of mirrors where freddy's like in like every single mirror and um the worm Big Freddy worm. Oh, the big Freddy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That moment was great. I love that when Kristen's like calling for Nancy and she just kind of wakes up and looks around and she realized the scream is coming from the dollhouse and she just like, you know, it's like, ugh, like, you know, and just leans back and like falls through like the chair and like lands in the house. Yeah. Like, I mean, all those moments were just like so fun and like so cool. Yeah. And like, and like a lot of people don't realize that you know when they're in the final scenes, like Nancy and the Dream Warriors, they're in the dollhouse. A lot of people think that they're just in the the house, but it's actually the dollhouse. Because if you if you look when Joey you know screams no and like all the glass shatters, uh-huh. if you look behind it, it's like the newspaper clippings that Kristen was using to Ooh. make the dollhouse with. And a lot of people don't pick up on that. that I, it's actually the dollhouse that they're in. I'm one of those people. I didn't know that. It's a nice, nice fun fact. <laughs> That's why we bring you on, man. You're the expert. You have to have to school us here at the Spook House. Um, um, I see. I can definitely see why a lot of people say this is their favorite. It's kind of the perfect uh, mixing of both worlds, as far as like, yeah, starting with the original to what the rest of the franchise becomes. I think this is like most well-balanced mm-hmm. movie in the series. Like if um, somebody had never seen any of these movies, they're like, Hey, I want to watch a Freddy Krueger movie. Probably start with this to introduce them. Oh, probably. I'm um, well, other than the original, you know, no, right. I'm yeah. Like, oh, I said, that would have been like really different. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll just start them off with part. Or two. if I knew they had like a <laughs> short attention span, I'd maybe mm-hmm. go with this one. I've actually always wanted, like I said, I do, I do love the film. Uh, Nightmare 3, it's great. Uh, but I've always been curious to see like Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner's original version of the uh, the movie, which, I mean, it was only in script form only. Um, I don't know if you've ever read the original script. I haven't, it's, no. It's, it's really, I, I've always loved it. It's like, Freddy is just as like dark as he is in like parts one and two, if not darker. Mm-hmm. And it, the story, it's it's different than what we see. I mean, it is the Dream Warriors, so it is about, you know, the group. But in this one, Nancy's not a psychologist. Um, she's basically, it starts off with her in a, in a dream, but we don't know it's a dream at that point. And she's just driving. 
And basically, Nancy's on a mission trying to find her dad. He's been missing for, like, years. And she's been trying to find him. And along this way, she, like, happens to run into Neil uh, Gordon. And he realizes that, you know, you know she's you know she's talking about dreams. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's really knowledgeable. And he said, you know, and at one point, <laughs> at one, basically, like, within a, a day or two of them just meeting, they end up, like, you know, hopping in the sack. Pretty much. Oh, wow. I mean, they're yeah. Nancy's like pretty much more to tune of who she was at the end of part one. Like, so she's very like rogue. Okay, you know, very okay, Nancy. You know, very you know strong. Like, you know, and <laughs> a lot of the stuff that happens to Kristen actually happens to Nancy in the story. Like, Nancy's the one who's almost eaten by the Freddy snake huh. uh, at Neil's house. Like, it busts through his wall and like it's in his bedroom, and she's like having this nightmare and. At one point, he has to go back to work for a second, and like she's with him, and then she, that whole scene with Kristen, and then she realizes, you know, she's singing the tune, and then so he kind of brings her on as like a, I don't know how you call it, like maybe like a quiet assistant, uh-huh. you know, because she's really good with the kids, and it's different in the sense like Will, he's the one that builds the house, not Kristen, and his name is actually Laredo, and not Will. Taryn is a black girl. What was it? Kristen, when she gets to the asylum, she's actually only in there for like several days and then she actually leaves and she goes back to school and the kids make fun of her because they found out, oh, you've been in the crazy house and, you know, stuff like that. And like, and it's not just her mom, it's like her mom and her dad in this script. And like, they're like even worse in this, like how her mom kind of treated her in this where she wasn't very like attentive. Right. dismissive. Like, three. <clears throat> Oh yeah, they're yeah. even worse than this. It's like all they care about is that pretty much their friends, their money, their parties, and and you know, and, and Kristen's power. I mean, she can literally transport them anywhere because towards the end, she ends up like you know they're trying to leave one spot, and then she said, "Use your power," and she does it and gets them all out, and they end up landing in her living room in her house while her parents are having a party, and like Freddie ends up like I think like killing her dad at the party and killing her mom at that party. And I mean, dude, it's wild. Oh wow! Like it's super wild. And like Nancy, she doesn't fall for Freddie's glamour. Like you know, when he pretends to be your because she actually does end up finding her dad. Her dad's in Weston Hills this whole time, and she has no idea he's been blinded by Freddie. Like Freddie, like gouges his eyes out, and he's been sitting in there blind. And they're actually a lot closer in this one than they are in the theatrical version. Damn. And he's the one that says, "Nancy, it's like a, it's got to be you that you know finishes this off and like gets them, and you know you're the one that's going to lead these kids to." you know, what's going to happen. And he, he ends up dying, like, you know, like in the movie, but she doesn't fall for Freddie's glamour when he pretends to be hers. Like, she knows, and it's like, you know, you're not my dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she backs away, and then basically her and Freddie, like, you know, basically fight to the death, but she wasn't tricked. So I actually always thought that would have been more of a fitting ending for Nancy than her, you know, believing it was her dad, because she was supposed to be stronger than that to know. So she didn't die in that version? Well, no, she did. It's just she died differently. Like okay. She went out a little bit more strong. Like I said, because her and Freddie just ended up fighting to the death. Okay. At that point. It's like he, he it's like he hits, like she gets stabbed or hurt. I'm trying to think. Either he stabs her or she hurts herself a different way. And like, and you know, when Freddie is gone and then like basically Chris is like, you know, we got to get you help. And she's like, no, like it's kind of too late. You know, you guys did good, you know, talking to the last of them. Because at that point, it's only Kristen. Kristen's the only one that makes it. Like, everybody dies except for hmm. Kristen and Dr. and Neil Gordon. Um, did you think it was kind of a mistake to kill off Nancy in part three? 
Absolutely. Yeah, me too. It was um, absolutely, and it it yes. wasn't even like a, I don't know the the death itself being tricked by her dad. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it wasn't that memorable, you know. It, at least send her off a little bit better than that. Yeah, but yeah, I, they could have definitely kept her on and just have her continue on to part four, and maybe I don't know if you're gonna kill her off. Do it a little bit better. Yeah, well, it just felt like for shock value to me mm-hmm. that at least that version. Because I said because once uh, the new guys came and they got a hold of the script, they're the ones that kind of changed all that stuff. So they kind of like used some elements of what Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner did, but they they really flipped it around. So I really felt that what they did was more for shock value. Yeah, with her dying. Yeah, Wes should have been like, "Hold up, guys, no." Nah. I'm Wes Craven. I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, I'm sorry. Who exactly. are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what other critiques of this movie or, um, I mean, all in all, very solid movie, but if you had to yeah. name a few things where you're like, eh, maybe you could have done that different. Like, what would you say? That Well, definitely, you know, Nancy's death. That would have been number one. And, uh really just like i said they 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 kind of did a blend between like you know the original freddie and mtv freddie mm-hmm. i just wish she he would have been like more to who he was in uh the first two because that's how he was originally written in that original script he was dark still i mean too much other than those few factors i mean it's like i said it's a really good movie yeah. i mean it i mean this this from how it starts and how you go through and you're with all those kids i mean even with you know, having all those kids and like all those scenes, it's like you still really get a sense of like who they are. Mm-hmm. Even the ones like, you know, Jennifer and Philip are killed off, you know, earlier on, but you know, you still really get a sense of who they were. Like Penelope Sujo, she was like amazing as, you know, Jennifer, you know, yeah. as this young girl who just wanted to be an actress. And, you know, I mean, it, it yeah. was very well done. Like all those actors that they got were like really good. Yeah. Like, I just thought they were really solid. You know, there is a little bit of. There's a little bit of cheese on this movie. Like, it's like, uh, the, um, God, what's, what's the kid in the, the wheelchair? Um, Will. Yeah. Like his death was when he's, I don't know, oh, he's yeah, like shooting master. lightning bolts and stuff. And like, uh, I'm the wizard master. Yeah. It's like, eh, all right. All right. See, but you can always look at that. Cause you say, Hey, it's really a dream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes makes sense for the context of it being a dream, right. but I, or like I'm beautiful and bad. And bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Jennifer Rubin was amazing. Like her character was just—I mean, she was just so good in that that role. Yeah. I mean, playing. Yeah. And then her uh, her arm were like sucking mouths that just wanted drugs. It was like, uh, it's yeah. like it makes you like itch. Like I mean, it was like, uh, yeah, man. that's a pretty like cold blooded death scene to like kill a former drug user by. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty. But that's mean. That's the deepness. Yeah. That's the deepness because Freddie knows he's in there. He knows what you know the things that you know that you love and the things that you hate and you know can flip them. Mm-hmm. You know that's why I always say it's so much deeper than a slasher flick. You know, just yeah, I know stuff you like that. mentioned that earlier in the episode, and I, I agree with you. Like, I don't when somebody talks about slashers, I, mean, I don't really think about this series. Like, it doesn't come to mind. Right. This is more like. Mm-hmm fantasy horror right Mm -hmm. yeah 
That's how I think, yeah, that's exactly how I look at it as fantasy horror. Um, what do you think of Patricia Arquette's performance? She was dynamite to me, yeah. especially with it being her first movie. I thought she did really well playing Kristen Parker. I thought she was a really good choice. You know, you see her at first, you see her, she seems a little meek and timid, you know, but it's like once she kind of realizes and, you know, oh, oh, and I love that scene where like for their, you know, was it Joey's like hand and it's like in that pit and like Nancy's holding on to him mm-hmm. trying to keep him up. And then like Freddie is like coming up behind Nancy to stab her with his glove. And then she comes with that flip. It's kind of like some kind of mortal combat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like gives him that kick. Like I love that. I yeah. love that scene. Yeah. And it's so cool. Yeah. I thought she, I thought she did really well playing Kristen Parker. Uh, I would have loved to have seen her, you know, come back in part four. Yeah. Do you know the story but, uh, behind that? Like why she didn't return? I've heard a few different stories. Yeah, I haven't found like actually, a, a concrete answer, but there was a guy I had met at a con because he had his Nightmare Three poster, and he actually had Patricia's like signature on it. And I'm just like, man, where did you get that? And he said that uh, he used to live in New York and used to work behind the scenes on like the Jay Leno show. Like I don't know, like one of the grips or one of the guys that mm-hmm. you know did the lighting or something. And she was going to be on the show that night. And so he brought his poster because I guess, you know, when the, they would come, you know, it would just be a few people in the back. And he said it'd be easier to get a, get her autograph. And then he said he asked her why, you know, she never came back to part four. And her response from what he told me was that her, like, agency wasn't really too keen on the script. Because I guess because, you know, it was going through that writer strike and it just wasn't, you know, she, Kristen dies pretty early on. And, you yeah. know, so she just ultimately passed you know because of that reason and i was i mean i guess that makes sense from like you know a management standpoint Mm -hmm. you know actually used to think it was because she was was pregnant because i know she was pregnant around that time too because she i think she had her first child pretty early like when she was about 19 or 20 okay so around that time and so she had her i think she had her first child like early 89 so if you think like pretty much all of like 88 when they were filming Mm -hmm. you know Thinking she might have, you know, kind of been pregnant yeah, around that time too. But yeah, and I didn't even um, put two and two together that Wes Craven would later go on to uh, work with her brother David on Scream. Scream, right? Yeah, I was like, ah, <laughs> so that's really that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So part three, I think we covered that one pretty well. Um. Ready mm-hmm. to move along to the next one. All right, so what do we got left? New Nightmare in the original? Mm-hmm. Ooh, well, and, I think I know the answer. This, <laughs> you, may, you may be surprised. Ooh, let's hear it. All right, what, what you got? People always tell this when I tell people when they say, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? I tell them A Nightmare on Elm Street and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. All right. They're both number one for me. So I always list it as those two are number one for me, and then part three is two. And then so on. Oh, all right. That's all I was waiting to get to this point. <laughs> pulled a sneaky on us. All right. Right. Because I said, I said, I know they're not going to expect that. Because the other things I told people, and they said, no, you got to pick. I said, I really can't. Huh. I mean, it did. When I first, like I said, I saw Nightmare when I was five years old, the original. I loved it. Loved every piece of it. And then when New Nightmare came out, and I saw that when I was about nine, so four years later. I fell in love with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 
at I mean, being so young, I, I didn't quite understand, but I understood, a, you know, a, to a certain degree of what they were doing with that. You know, everybody comes back to play themselves. You know, Heather isn't playing Nancy. She's playing, you know, a fictionalized version of, you know, Heather Langenkamp, the actress. Yeah, so ahead of its time, and, that concept. Yeah. And didn't, um, isn't this what Wes Craven wanted part three to be? Yeah, originally oh. he wanted this to be, but I guess it was too ambitious, you know, for, yeah. you know, the 80s slasher. Wes Craven's era. playing 4D chess out here on the horror world. <laughs> <laughs> Right. that's why i love him you know he was just always so unique and different with his movies like you know stuff that people weren't doing you mm-hmm. know? that's why he's always been my favorite writer director yeah you know? so for i guess simplicity's sake we'll break down new nightmare first like just uh the floor is yours how do you have this tied with the original Man, it just i mean it's just just so unique, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I haven't seen anything like New Nightmare before or since its release, and I just love that, you know, the idea of you know behind it, you know, because I'm a writer myself, and you know, the idea that storytellers over the years have, you know, basically over the centuries, from you know the way it was in the script, that have been able to catch the essence of evil trapped inside of stories, and it's like that's why we have storytellers to basically contain certain evil Mm -hmm. and you know so stories are always handed down from generations to generations you know like even if you go back to like Grimm's fairy tales you're like you know we're getting those but you know you know we're kids we're getting them in like the g-rated form it's like you know um all the disney movies you know but you know back when they were darker but you know we're still getting bits and pieces of those stories and then the idea when those stories are over because of certain reasons like Wes said that you know um people know it gets watered down or it's just banned by society you know whatever the reason is that the story stops and so now that the story is over now the evil can be released again and so like now in our time the evil that was captured only it's been in the form of freddy krueger so like that's all it knows Mm -hmm. is you know this you know guy who was or was a human at first but now he's this creature that lives in dreams you know and the the fact that he doesn't see heather langkamp as the actress he sees her as nancy thompson you know his his rival the first person that ever you know destroyed him mm-hmm. or you know got the better of him and i it's <laughs> i mean that's just amazing to me i mean just to come up with that concept you know yeah there's some really creepy moments in this movie uh one that always sticks out to me is like when when the original starts playing on the tv and like dylan's walking downstairs and starts throwing up it's just like i remember seeing that when i was a kid i mean i must have saw this when i was like seven or i don't know very young but Mm -hmm. yeah those and like the um sort of callback or recreation, I guess, if you will, like dragging her on the ceiling and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a great moment. Um, what do you think, what do you think about the look of Freddy in this? So I kind of go back. I really liked his look. Yeah. I really like his look because I always feel like he's not supposed to look like, you know, the movie version of Freddy. Cause I think that's why, you know, in the beginning when, you know, Heather's like in the, 
studio and you know she's talking about her time playing nancy on nightmare on elm street and then, you know we get that mtv freddy like the one uh-huh. that we last saw him as and you know that freddy you know that's what we're used to because that's the fictional freddy but now we're getting the real freddy yeah and you know so i love how that scene like goes into slow-mo for a second uh mm-hmm. when he's on the set of the movie i mean on the tv show but right because yeah. she's just kind of seen like for her it's kind of like oh yeah it's fun but then it's like like Whoa. like something's like, off here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like she's already feeling it. Because in my opinion, like it's like when we first, I mean, it, as soon as that, you know, first shot hits the screen, as the audience, we're in the moment when Wes's nightmares have started for him to write these stories. Mm. So it's like, we don't know what Heather Lane Kent was like just before that moment, before this all started. So this is what we're seeing now, because I feel like at this moment, she's really more Nancy. Mm-hmm. Even though she's like she's in her body as Heather Lane Camp, the actress, but Nancy is coming through because now it's like basically as soon as she um, wakes up, she's already has this feeling like, oh, I just had this nightmare. And, you know, she's already uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like she <clears throat> already knows something is coming. And it's because that essence, that spirit of Nancy is already becoming alive again within her. So then I've always thought that that's what that was Wes's way of bringing Nancy back was you know accepting to play her one last time Mm -hmm. so by heather lane camp accepting her in the real world it brought her back in the fictional world yeah and um speaking of the intro this might seem like no big deal today but no intro or end credits for this movie right yeah that was like one of the first in something like this because the next movie i saw that did that was scream and that was like two years later that's true wow it's crazy to think these movies are so close together like two years later scream came out wow um right that's why i said new nightmare to me was like the precursor to scream because it was very self-aware and and scream was very self-aware so i've always kind of linked those and plus is wes i mean wes again you know with you know new nightmare and scream so i always felt like those were like really you know linked in that regard because New Nightmare, I, I mean, was very much aware. I mean, it's, you know, basically, you know, breaking the mold of what we, you know, think of, you know, when we go to the cinema, you know? Yeah, and it's so eerie that, you know, the script says that a big earthquake happens and during shooting, an actual earthquake happened. So, like, a lot of the mm-hmm. footage you see of all the destruction is, like, just stuff they went around and like shot. real. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. If I worked on that movie, I'd be yeah. like, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a, that's a little too weird. That was a bad earthquake. That was like one of the last bad earthquakes in California, the North Ridge. Mm-hmm. Earth, I mean, I, I know there was like a hand, like a lot of deaths and like a lot of destruction. You know, they haven't had one like that since that, you know, and that was like almost, almost 30 years ago. Yeah. And, um, what's her husband's name? Chase? Chase. Yeah, Chase. His death is really good. What's like a few of your standout favorite sequences or death scenes or whatever in this? Um, well, some of my sequences, I love Fran Bennett's character as Dr. Christine Hefner. She was like one of the best. She's supposed to be like the, you know, antagonist, I guess, or something because she doesn't believe it. But her character was so memorable. And just those scenes with her and Heather like together yeah I, I don't know i just love them they they just have really good chemistry we're like you know she's this professional who thinks you know heather lane camp is 
you know, probably losing her mind because like her son's acting weird and like she feels something weird off with her. And yeah, like, and she said in know. an interview, like when she put on the glove for that scene, that she felt like an energy or like almost a possessed quality. You know, and I think it comes mm-hmm. through in, in her performance when she's like, "We're gonna cut yeah. the cut the evil out of this the child, evil, evil out of here." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm buying this lady's performance right now. She believes it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she was good. Like, so the, a lot of those sequences with them together, I love. Um, obviously, like, you know, Love Again, like, you know, they went back and kind of did the whole, you know, death on the wall and up on the ceiling mm-hmm. and all that. And then the fan, the fantastic set, you know, the ending where Heather has to go find Dylan and she's leaving the, the breadcrumb of pills and, you know, she goes and it's like a whole blanket, like, tunnel. You know, basically, and then it leads into like Freddy's netherworld, which is basically like hell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's just, you know Nancy falls from like what looks like a thousand feet, and you know lands in that pool of water. You know, I just you know it was just really good. Yeah, um, I do have to say respectfully that I think once they enter this dream world, like the in the last ten fifteen minutes of the movie, um. Mm-hmm sort of takes a dive for me. Like, I think this movie's most effective set in the real world. That's what's so kind of mm-hmm. creepy about it. Um, mm-hmm. it, almost, it almost just gets a little too otherworldly, I guess. A little too <laughs> out there. A little too fantastical. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it's doesn't ruin the movie by any means, but I just thought the uh, the real life stuff was so effective that like right. maybe instead of going to this like Disneyland from hell set, like <laughs> I don't know, maybe just keep it. Maybe they go back to the original house or some something somehow. Like still have it feel suburbia. Oh, that's what that was originally the plan. Really. To go back, because they still had that set of the fake oh, house, you know, okay. after all that time. Because I remember Mary, or not, or Sarah Richard was talking about, yeah, we can we can do that. Like, you know, we still have the old set, and we can do this. And, you know, so when originally when Heather goes back in the house, she's supposed to be back on 1428 Elm Street for real. Oh, like, man. in that house. But Wes had kind of thought, well, we've already established, you know, her house and where, you know, the things were in that house and in, in that real world. And he thought it would just be... He thought it would kind of mix up the audience a little bit too much, which I mean, I mean, I can see where, what he means from from a certain point. Mm-hmm. But me as a fan, like I just thought that would have been like because, you know, she's in the pajamas and she turns around and sees that it's the house. And the fact that she goes in and like she's literally back inside the house, like I thought it would have been really cool. Yeah, I think know? that would have been like such a perfect moment. Like she realizes she's back in the original house and it comes full circle with with the original and everything, I think that would have been better than, you know, what we got. Um, but still solid ending. Um, I, Mm -hmm. I do like the, everything with Robert England. Uh, the fact that he's like possessed while he's doing that painting and he's like, I gotta call you back. It's it's (laughs) like, yeah. Yeah. They're all realizing it, that, that it's happening. You know, that Freddy's like really trying to come through. And then the fact that Heather is the one that has to stop it. You know, I love it because she was the first. So it's like, you know, it's like no matter what, 
you know, that I've always felt that they're like Freddie and Nancy were like the most epic, you know, protagonist and antagonist or hero or heroine and villain, mm-hmm. you know, however you want to call them. Just, I mean, the fact that their, you know, battles actually came off the screen, you know, that's never happened in any horror movie ever, you know. So I've always it's just been so much more epic to me. Um, I was thinking earlier today. Um, do you think? that Halloween Friday the 13th or name any movie could do this concept again and have it work like, like new nightmare. Yeah. I I mean, I know the meta thing has kind of been done to death, but Mm -hmm. like this just feels, yeah, it's technically kind of tired of that word meta, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. This, this is like meta in a different way. It's not like, beating you over the head and saying, Hey, remember this from uh, the original or, or whatever. Uh, but, right. They was very subtle, like really subtle uh-huh. things from you. But yeah, I was thinking like, could they do that with Halloween? Is that, I don't know. It probably wouldn't work. I, f- I mean, like I said, I feel like it really worked more with night. Cause like I said, cause nightmare is more of a fantasy. Yeah, horror film, yeah. And the other ones are like just straight, you know, horror slashers. You know, I've just been like <clears throat> banging my head against the wall, figuring out where Halloween goes from here. <laughs> I'm like, man, right? Should they just like stop oh. <laughs> at this point? But at this point, I feel like they should just go back to the original concept from after the original part two, where you know it's different stories, but the only you know link is it's Halloween, like the night of Halloween. Yeah, you know? at least at least maybe for a while. Yeah, I mean, they want to bring Michael back somehow. I don't. Yeah, as a diehard Halloween fan, I'm the Laurie Strode story is just beyond done at this point. I think it should have stopped at H two O to be honest, but it's it's definitely <laughs> yeah. done now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I feel like they could probably. I feel like that anthology thing could work now, you know, since it didn't quite make it, you know, back in the eighties. But now that it's Halloween's been like, you know, done so many times over with remakes and this and that, I feel like it could work now. Yeah, or unless they give it to like a really competent director, if they were like Ty West is gonna direct the new Halloween, I'd be like, oh hell yeah! But. And just have it really go back to the basics and have it be a, more about atmosphere. Yeah. Definitely not mm-hmm. Corey Cunningham. Um, <laughs> whack. Oh, I was waiting. I was waiting. Corey Cunningham. Whack. Oh. Well, yeah, back to A Nightmare on Elm Street. So, I guess that about. Oh, I did want to uh, talk about the look of Freddy for a little bit longer. Um, mm hmm. He is wearing leather pants in this. You don't see him mm-hmm. often, but and it's like, okay, fine. It was the nineties, you know, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I just think he has yeah, like a trench coat, like the trench coat. I'm cool with on. the trench coat, but he just yeah. looked a little too mm. clean. Like the trench coat was spotless, you know. Like, mm. I don't know. He could have taken a page out of uh, Nightmare Two and just. Grease him up or something. Make him look a little dirty, <laughs> a little smelly. He right. just, uh, I don't know. Well, if you notice more, like his face, like, it's, it doesn't really look burned. It looks more like it's ripped. 
like you know yeah. more rip skin than like burns you know which i thought was actually a bit of a cool effect because like i said like i like i said i don't look at this as like the freddy we've seen in parts one through six mm-hmm. you know this is you know an entirely different you know essence you know entirely different entity Ooh. you know a being what if he looked like uh demon freddy from freddy versus jason that could have been kind of cool he that kind of happened remember when they burned him in that uh uh, where that little pit when they after Dylan was trapped in there and he was in that little pit oh, yeah. turned on fire on, yeah. and then like once it really catches him, you just see his face transform. It's like this. Demon oh, that's true. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it, I mean, it didn't really look like how it looked in you know Freddy versus Jason, but there was like you could see the the real demon underneath, right? You know the Freddy, you know, kind of kind of glamour. Yeah. So it's like you really know, like yeah, it's like a devil really under there. Oh shit! What's uh, what's the story with the uh, Miko Hughes Freddy fan film? That's that's coming out, right? Oh like, yeah, I've been excited. It's it's supposed to be Dylan's story now. It's yeah. supposed to be like you know all these years later, and it's like Dylan, you know, and like because I remember the trailer for it. I love that little teaser trailer. It's like you know, it's like you just see a slow picture going by like Heather and Miko from like uh New Nightmare Days when they obviously you can tell it's behind the scenes pick, but you know them hugging and you know. And all that, and it, then it kind of slows, and you hear the music, and then he just wakes up in his bed, and you like hear Freddie's voice laugh or something. And he's just like, "Not again!" And it just kind of cuts, uh, you know. So it's supposed to be like Dylan's story. That's cool, you know. Now that now that he's grown, and which I I'm really excited to see it, you know, when it comes out, just to see what they do. Yeah, um, um, I saw the uh, that character. The design of Freddie looks cool too. Um, mm, yeah, I saw yeah. some pictures. Do you know when that's coming out? <laughs> um, I I think they're done filming. I think it's in like post production mm-hmm. now. So whatever they have to do, like behind the scenes, like cleanup and stuff. So I would I would assume maybe this year, like maybe maybe towards fall time. Okay. Yeah. Like that's just my assumption, just because like you know if you release something, it's typically always you know during the spooky season. Yeah. All right, so new nightmare, and that only leaves the original. What can be said that hasn't already been said? Man. But um, I will let you do your best. So, hey, what can't be said about this masterpiece? <laughs> like, it is a masterpiece to me. <laughs> like I said, this is like I said, I'm a writer, and this film is pretty much what made me want to be a writer. Like it woke the writer up within me, just because. Once I saw it, well, I actually heard a quote, like, I remember, like, when I was maybe, like, 12 or something, I heard a quote from, like, Will Smith. He said, in the interview, he said, in his mind with this music, he was always chasing after, you know, Michael Jackson's Thriller. And I was like, and so in my mind, every time I do a video, I'm chasing after that. And I was like, I didn't quite understand what he meant. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're chasing after it. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until when I really started writing and I was making, you know, doing my own story. And it was like now i know what he means like i'm always chasing after nightmare it's like i want people when they read my stories to feel that same fear that i felt watching nightmare on elm street for the first time and just being captivated by you know this story you know and so i really understood what that meant like later on and it's I mean, just so many great scenes. I mean, like I said, the alley scene, that one, like I'm, I'm really, you know, desensitized to horror films now. Like, you know, I just watch so many, which I'm sure, you know, you are too. 
but yeah. that Allison can still kind of like get under my skin a little bit. It's just always, mm. I mean, since I was a kid at age five, that scene freaked me out. I mean, with, you know, starting from when Tina's, you know, in her room and, you know, she can hear Freddie's voice calling to her from yeah. the backyard and she's just, you know, um, you know, she makes it down there and then she makes her way back into that alley and then, you know, that trash can turn that, you know, flips over and then all of a sudden she turns around and that silhouette is there. I mean, it's just yeah, chills. <laughs> arm extension. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very, very classic. And that leads up to, I think that's my favorite death in the movie. Tina's death. Tina's? Oh, yeah. From part one, yeah. that's mine, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, there's something disturbing about it, because there's, there's no music playing. She, you just hear her being dragged across the mm-hmm. ceiling and screaming. Just scream. Oof. Um, her performance was so yeah. good. I mean, she was really in that moment. Just you know, I think there there's some deleted scenes if we were, or they were eventually cut out where you actually see Freddie where he's where she's on the wall and he's just like walking towards her with his glove like, and they're both like upside down, and you know, but I actually I like it the way it is like where you don't because you're just like what is he doing to this girl? I mean, how does he? I mean, is his arm mm-hmm. still stretching out? He has her up on the ceiling or? Is he up there with her? Or I mean, like you just don't know. And that's one element of horror that I think still will never get tired of like, you know, leaving the imagination up to, you know, the audience. Yeah. So they did shoot stuff where you can see Freddy? Yeah. yeah. There's there's stuff there there's oh. some stuff that shot. I mean, actual that they filmed it, not like, you know, it was on like just in the script or they filmed it. Like I've seen it. Is there footage of yeah, that? Yeah. Have you ever seen um well, I had that double uh, VHS tape from uh, like '96, I think, when it came out, and it has like deleted scenes of a lot of stuff from oh. part. It was like 30 minutes of deleted scenes from Nightmare, but you can also see it on that documentary, the uh, the Never Sleep Again documentary. It's like four hours long when they break down each film. Okay, I must uh, I must have missed that because I just rewatched that documentary. Doesn't oh it? yeah, um, it's in. Yeah, I'll have to go search for that. Oh, I have a specific question about this movie. Maybe you can help mm-hmm. me find the answer every time I watch it. So at the very beginning, when all the kids are in the car and they're pulling up to the mm-hmm. school, in the background, you see a guy turn the street on a dirt bike. Right. And he drives for a little bit, but then he s- circles back and speeds mm-hmm. off. So I'm like, was that guy supposed to be in the movie or was somebody like, hey, we're shooting a movie here. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know if that was supposed to be in the movie? Every time I watch it, I'm like, that, I need to know that. I've never got any concrete answers on. I've always wondered that myself. <laughs> I mean, because it was like random. Because I can't imagine. I can't imagine Wes Craven being like, okay, this scene needs a guy on a dirt bike <laughs> to just drive for a little while on the street and then turn around. Like it. Would it make sense for it to be? I mean, yeah. I mean, because you know, back then, I mean, all those horror movies were like super low budget. So, I mean, because they had to shut down that street for a little right. bit to get, I mean, like, yeah, they yeah, typically have to. I think that was just some rogue dude <laughs> just cruising around on a dirt bike. It really could have been. And then he's like, <laughs> so nightmare fans, if anybody has an answer to that, hit me up. I want to know. Oh, man. Yeah. Cause I'm, I have always wondered, cause you can really hear it. Like, you know, when there's like, mm, mm, yeah. like you just really hear it. 
yeah. how loud that is. And that guy should start doing cons, <laughs> like the dirt bike guy. I know. <laughs> but maybe I should like ask like Heather or something next time I see her to come. Like, hey, do you remember that scene? <laughs> like the guy that like, was that really supposed to happen? Like, you know. <laughs> or I guess I could ask Amanda too. Nice. But, you know. So I said that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> to actually find that out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, let's see. Other other favorite moments. Um, Johnny Depp's death Oof. scene. Ten out of ten. Oh yeah. And I gotta say, I kind of I like the mother son dynamic between. You don't see a lot of it, but between Glenn and his mm-hmm. mom, as opposed to Heather and her mm-hmm. mom. My biggest gripe with this movie is Heather's. I mean Nancy's yeah. mom. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw this in a theater and like people were laughing every time she came on screen. I think it was like half the stuff she was saying, but also like she's uh, maybe not the best actress, best performance I've ever seen. But that'd be like my biggest critique of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, she's just hitting the bottle every day. Oh, yeah. or I guess she could have been maybe like add a little more diversity to her character. Like, yeah, she has an alcohol problem, mm-hmm. but at least have something else there. To, well, I think, yeah, later, you, um, I guess you find out just because she was, you know, part of that main mob that just went after Freddie. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't uh, take me out of the movie, but and I love that in Scream, Tatum Tatum's shirt is a callback. <laughs> It's a, it's a Glenn, Glenn shirt little, with the number 10 right. on it and the little belly shirt. Right. <laughs> Let's see. Other good moments. I think my favorite sequence out of the entire series is the classroom scene. Oh, when she... Like, when you see teen... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. when the guy starts reading the poetry in this monotone, slow voice mm-hmm. and see Tina in the body bag. Oof. Like, that's just... And, like, when... She, the little arm oh, flop yeah. when she starts getting dragged mm-hmm. off. Like, that's creepy. And the boiler room right. scene, the music oh. in that scene slaps. So oh, hard. yeah. It's, yeah, that, I love that <laughs> score. Yeah, I listen to that Great score soundtrack. Like, all day. I'm like, yeah, and she's like that, tr- like, snail trail of blood. She's just like following. And I mean, it was, cr- I mean, because she's like, Nancy. I mean, then that, like, kind of like whisper. Yeah. I mean, it's like real creepy. And then she always makes those random, you know, kind of, you know, uh, appearances in Nancy's dream, like the, like, what was that? Like a centipede comes out of her mouth. Like, and then like, Oh all yeah. Those, like, I think it was supposed to be like eels like that were at her feet when they were like, Nancy was at the gym. Yeah. I mean, just like really just, the imagery was just like, uh, like, I mean, if you're thinking about like a nightmare, I mean, that's the type of stuff I would think about. Like, you know, like, I mean, that would be, especially right. for Nancy. I mean, that's supposed to be like her best friend. And like, she's seeing her in like this, you know, kind of like, you know, deprived state, you know, I mean, then that I'd say my lead that would lead into like my ultimate favorite moment, you know, sequence, however you want to put it, was Nancy, you know, having that resolve, like she's setting up the booby traps, and then that final moment, that pan, it's just a slow pan on her face when she's gonna take the initiative to go to sleep and go after Freddie herself, you know, because you didn't mm-hmm. see that a lot in those type of movies, especially not back in the eighties where you saw the heroin or you know a final girl however you want to talk go after the killer it's usually they're coming to them and it's always in like the last 
15 minutes of the movie where it's just like, oh, now she realizes something's going on and she's pretty much just running around hiding or maybe gets a few hits on them and she, they just happen to survive, you know, but Nancy, mm-hmm. she's known from the beginning what's going on and she's been fighting it ever since then. And at this point, it's just like, she has this resolve, like, you know, it's going to end one way or the other, you know, but she just they had mm-hmm. that determination. To me, that's what made her so much stronger than, you know, a lot of the girls in the 80s. And that's why I, kinda, I know you're a Halloween fan. I said people always like have Lord, a Lord shoulder. Yeah. This. And I'm just like, man, I'm just like, if you think about Nancy Thompson in the original Nightmare and Laurie Strode in the original Halloween, it's like, I was like, to me. Hey, I, I gotta, I gotta say, yeah, I'm a diehard Halloween fan, but I agree. And I've always said that Dr. Loomis is more integral to the story in Halloween than Laurie That's Strode. actually what I've always said. Um, I've always said that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, hey, all respect to Jamie Lee Curtis, but if it were a different actor playing that role, would it still be the Halloween we know and love today? I think it would, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, I agree with that as far as Nancy's definitely more proactive in uh taking a stand against freddie as opposed to just running away and rolling over and being a victim right i mean then especially in that that yeah. final scene where he comes up out of the sheet like the door closes and she knows he's coming in she doesn't run or scream the bank she just turns around slow and she just waits for him and you know and then she yeah. finally just faces him and basically you know her line is you know you're nothing you know you're shit and she just turns back around and yeah i mean and that was i mean i loved i mean it's like you know, she's supposed to be like a like you're a little right. Bitch. You know what I mean? She's, she's supposed to be a two-year-old girl, and like you know, she has the resolve. You know, as an as you know, as an adult, kind of you know, and and mm-hmm. I love that. You know, and it's like I felt like with each film, she just got even stronger. You know, that's why I wish we could have gotten gotten her more in like some of the sequels. I mean, that's why I felt like when part three happened, I was like man, it's like after watching part one, I said this is how like you know y'all kind of send yeah. it off. I was like, oh, that's kind of like a shot in the gut. You know, that's why I'm always so thankful yeah. for, you know, New Nightmare, you know, because I feel like it kind of rectifies what happened, you know, in Nightmare 3. Because, yeah, she was she was really strong. And I just, I, and anytime I write my characters, whether it's a male hero or a female hero, they all have to have a little bit of Nancy in them. Like, uh, that's one of my, they have to have, like, you know, some mm-hmm. sliver of Nancy, you know, because she was just, even Heather said, you know, Nancy was very interchangeable, like, you know, inter- wasn't very interchangeable just because of how different she was. You know, mm-hmm. she wasn't the typical final girl that you saw in the 80s. Man, you're telling you, man, you're, you're selling me on this series. <laughs> I'm about to be I'm trading in my Halloween card. I'm be like, New night- nightmare all the way, baby. Nah, we it's it's okay to love. Yeah, that, yeah, there's, that's uh, what I say. Nothing wrong yeah, I love with that. Halloween. I love Friday. Yeah. I love all. That's what that's what I always tell people. I say, yeah, yeah, Nightmare is like my top. It's my favorite franchise. But I'm a horror fan. Like I love Halloween. Oh, I love Fridays. I love all the movies in between. You know, they all. You know, yeah. Nothing. Nothing drives me crazier than like sort of like gatekeeping in the horror mm-hmm. world, where it's like, well, this is my favorite franchise. So. And they like look down all on the red, yeah. I don't know. That's just a very right. immature yeah. teenage way of thinking. It's like it's okay to like everything. Yeah, it is. People have 
Everything's subjective. It is. People can have different likes. I said Halloween is a fantastic. I love Hot. The original Halloween. I mean, that movie. That's one of the ones that freaked me out too as a kid. I mean, just the subtleness of. I mean, him stepping behind that hedge, and I was like, "Ooh, this one of those just like, yeah. oof." It's just like it's it's yes. subtly creepy. You know, it's not explosively creepy. It's just the subtle things in Halloween that like really get you. Subtlety, something <laughs> that was missing from the new trilogy. <laughs> um, it's like, guys, can you just, especially in like Halloween Kills, it's like just slow down. My God, can you just? Chill for oh. a second. Just create some atmosphere. Oh, he he killed everybody. It's like, if somebody walked by him, you're dead. <laughs> if I see you driving in a car, <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> if I see you looking at me, you're dead. <laughs> it was just like... <laughs> oh, man. What do you think about the ending? With the, the, end. with the hand pulling the... What is that? An inflatable pulling doll through the door? Yeah, it's like a, like a, it's like a mannequin type doll, but... It, that thing was like retractable or something like cotton wasn't like like a stiff mannequin type doll uh-huh. but i mean yeah they said they basically just that was all one shot they said just like just taking it off so, you know right through the window yeah i know a lot of people <laughs> hate on it but i think it's so just what the fuck you know that i i kind of like it it just happens out of nowhere and I like. I always like it, yeah, because it's just so random. Like it's crazy random. I mean, just her, just. <laughs> I mean, him just like smashing his hand and just. Like, I mean, it's just like. Yeah. It's like one of those moments, <laughs> like. But they use like I think they had like several different endings for Nightmare. Um, if you've ever seen them, um, there's like four different endings that they like. I think I thought about you. I think I've seen them, but it's been quite a while. What were the other ones? Cause like Wes originally just wanted it to be like a good ending where she opens the door, she steps off the porch, her friends are fine, the car doesn't attack them, and mm-hmm. like you know they just drive off, and you know she's waving to her mom, her mom waves back to her, and then her mom glances over and she sees the girl's jump rope, and then like that's kind of how it was just supposed to end, but um, I think they said Bob Shea wanted something a little bit more. So there was, I mean, there was one where, like I said, where what we saw the original end, or the ending we have now, where the car attacks him and the mom gets pulled through the window. There's one where Freddie's actually driving the car. Uh, like Nancy's hollering from, from her mom, she turns around and Freddie's driving the car. Um, there's one where the kids drive off and they're fine, and then the mom, she gets pulled in. Um, like, oh, I feel like there was one more. I can't, I can't that might have been it, but I mean, there, there were a few. Huh. Well, honestly, I think a good one would have been just the kids driving off safe and then the mom just getting it like so that'd be like like a surprise, like almost. Yeah, because I always thought it was just kind of weird. Like she's screaming for her mom, like help, help. And her mom just kind of like just waving at her. Like, yeah, oh. yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> like she's screaming for you. You're just like waving, like thinking it's a joke or something. Yeah, but I'm cool with the ending. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, because it's technically just supposed to be like a night now. It's just supposed to be like a nightmare of Nancy's after. Because technically she she destroyed Freddy. Mm-hmm. And then it was almost like, you know, she had like one last nightmare. You know, because it was like that. Now, I think it's kind of cool because in that one, you don't see him. He's just a car. So he's not actually being seen. So it's kind of like, you know, just her nightmare. Just like, you know, that last thing, like her friends, like she, he's done. And now her friends are safe. Her mom is safe. But it's not the way it works. Like, yeah, you defeated the monster, but you know, he, all, all the people you love are still gone. Right. 
I know you have like your um what you would want to see for a new sequel. But mm-hmm. speaking in terms of modern day Hollywood, what do you mm-hmm. think the most likely scenario is going to be? Definitely a new Freddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to yeah. sort of I mean, reboot it at this point, you need somebody that's um, you know, young enough to do a few of these if they want to continue making more. Right. Who would you like to see play Freddy? Like a modern actor. Um, there's a few. Um, well, the ones I picked, they weren't like necessarily like young, young, but you know, not as like, I guess old as Robert now. Um, let's see like Doug Jones. I thought he'd be a really good Freddy. That'd be cool. Cause he's kind of has that, that look and, at one point, I thought maybe Matt Dillon might be a good Freddy. Matt Dillon, like, you've seen like, yeah, he just got kind of like this look and like this kind of like look about his eyes and like now that now that he's like older, you know, it's just kind of got like this um, particular like look about him now. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe like, and he's got kind of got like that that, that raspy kind of voice a little bit, that throaty huh. voice, and I thought maybe he like you know just kind of be somebody unexpected, you know, yeah, that you could think of um, to be in it. Um, I know some people have talked about Kevin Bacon being like the new. Freddy. I don't know where That's that. Big one I've heard. I've been hearing that yeah. for fifteen years. It feels like. like <laughs> I mean, he's got to be close to Robert England's age by this point. Yeah, like he's I mean, getting up there too. I mean, he's up. To, I think he's at least in his sixties by now. Because you got to think the first Friday the Thirteenth came out like, or they they 80. filmed it in like seventy nine. Yeah. I mean, a film in 79 came out in 80, and so, you know, that's like 43 years ago. Yeah. He was already in like his early 20s. I mean, so he's got to be in the 60s now. So, But, I mean, young actors, I mean, I feel like at least a person, they'd have to be at least, I'd say, in their like mid to late 30s, I'd say. Yeah. What about you know, Bill Skarsgård? Hmm. I feel like you'd be able to see him from behind the makeup with his eyes. Like, he has very... Uh, his off. Yeah. Yeah, distinctive. Yeah. yeah. Very distinctive eyes. But I mean, well, Maybe. he's he's yeah. holding it down, playing Pennywise, and I just saw that yeah. HBO is like has greenlit the Welcome to Dairy series. Oh yeah, the yeah. I don't know if he's going to be like, returning for that, but yeah, it's like the prequel, right? Like the prequel mm-hmm. to like before, like when Dairy was like a logging town. Yeah, like all the stuff. Yeah, that's an epic. St- I've read that book eight times. Like I, I love that story. <laughs> Um, do you have any like dream casting for Freddy? Like as far as like back in the eighties, like ooh, it would have been so cool to get this guy. To oh wow, I always I, I always thought that Brad huh. Dwarf would have been a great Freddy, like with his voice and his look. Yeah, like I could see yeah, that being like. Yeah, he's like a chameleon actor too. He kind of yeah. Had that, huh? I never thought about eighties wise. Cause I guess you know I'm just it was just Robert, yeah. you know. So I didn't even, you know. Wow, I mean there were like a lot of good actors in the eighties too. And there was like so many movies back then. I can't even think like offhand. Um, who was the guy that was supposed to play Freddy? Because they even did like makeup tests with him and everything. Um, David Warner. That's right. Yeah. Because he was in a lot of stuff. I actually think he was older than Robert, even at that point. I think so, I think yeah. that was... Because Russ said when he envisioned Freddy, like, you know, before Robert came on, he envisioned him, like, as an older, like, an older man. Right. 
And but then he was like, once he's like in the makeup and stuff, he's like, you couldn't really tell what his age was anyway. So then they you know, ultimately went with Robert. So I think originally they were like casting for like like older men, mm-hmm. like you know maybe like their forties know, and fifties or something. Yeah. Uh, when did you publish your first book? First book was published in 2010, October of 2010. Nice. So you've got like how many books now? I've I've written 10. I'm working on my 11th and 6 are published, but I'm hoping that my 7th one will be published uh, this year. Cool. And um, where's the best place for people to pick those up if they want to check out your writing? Um, all my books are uh, on Amazon. Um if they go on any of my social medias, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, if you go into like my bio, the links are always there um, to go like right to uh, where my books are. So you don't have to like do a massive search mm-hmm. um, to take people right there to my books. Sweet. So how is the reception to Fred? Jesus, can't talk. Fred has been so far. <laughs> It's been. I know you guys like wild. sold out on Amazon, right? Yeah, we we sold out the first day, and like we were the number one new release, and then we just checked again, and it's still the number one new release. Um, so we 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 had to get in touch with our distribution that they like to restock to send more restock to Amazon. Um, I think they just didn't quite understand the fandom right you know that was really looking forward to you know this documentary coming out because we started filming this documentary in march of 2007 and we didn't finish until april of last year so it was like Hmm. a five about a five-year journey to get that done and like we went to so many places and you know met so many people and um you know, obviously you wish you can get everybody in there, every story, you know, but, you know, just just never is possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'd have like a 15-hour doc, you know, going on, you know, something like that. Yeah. But uh, but it, the reception's been really good. It's been really positive. Um, people have been uh, giving some, some really good reviews nice. online, uh, which we've been loving, you know. So just, you know, just wanting that, you know, to keep climbing. You know, yeah, man. people to you know keep getting it, and you know we're gonna be trying to do some more showings too. We had our first premiere at, at Horror Hound uh, September uh, last year, um, and that went really well. Um, we got a lot of uh, reception from that, so we want to try and do some more screenings like that. In, you know, different places. Um, you know, even maybe bigger cities, maybe heading up to Buffalo, maybe California. You know, mm-hmm. just doing like some some really big. some really big ones so so it took me like about 10 minutes into the documentary to like remember that jeremy is jeremy from epic film guys and i've done a podcast with him before i was like why is his voice so familiar i was like that guy i was like oh yeah jeremy okay yeah 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 Yeah, shout out to epic film guys uh, (laughs) yeah him and yeah jeremy's been one of my good friends for like what about uh, almost ten years now? Nice. And, you know, I've known Justin um, for a good while too. So yeah, it's just a cool, you know, just a cool group of people. Yeah, they're good know. dudes. 
But yeah, when I was watching the documentary and everybody was talking about how like they found um, like solace in these films and like myself included, like kind of grew up in mm-hmm. a hostile household, lots of lots of drama, if you will, um, without mm. going into too much detail. And it got me thinking like, yeah, these movies were like kind of a refuge for a lot of people yeah. like us. Um, Absolutely. I know like dog as well. Like, um, but yeah, it just got me thinking, man. It was, um, yeah, it was really cool to see everybody share their stories like you with, um, like dealing with bullying and stuff. And but yeah, man, it was, uh, to anybody listening, like go get a copy of Redheads. Is it back on Amazon? Yeah, it, even um, if they, you know, like I said, if it's randomly out of stock, you can always still order it. Right. Um, just probably won't be prime because, it, like, once the restock hits, then it'll ship out, which usually doesn't take, you know, very long. Just maybe like a few days. Yeah. Um, extra than normal. Then, like, you know, prime is usually two days, so it may take like three to five business days. You know, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, thanks for hooking me up with that screener, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yeah. I mean, this it was just something we just wanted to talk about. I mean, we just it was just you know this huge community, and we wanted to just reflect on it and just like show people like, okay, horror movies are more than just you know horror movies to us in like the technical sense where people are like oh i can't do with all that blood and guts uh-huh. and you know all that i mean it's more it's more than that it's you know like you said it was a refuge for a lot of us like cause i didn't grow up having friends at all like i said i was pretty much bullied you know literally from like third grade to like 12th grade Damn. you know so these these movies like became my friends at the, you know in those stages so i was watching nightmare constantly watching Every movie I could get my hands on, you know, back in, you know, Blockbuster days, written everything or, you know, watching USA Up All Night and Monster Vision, you know, on Saturday nights, you know. So that was that brought me like peace. Yeah. You know, as as a kid, you know, I, I used to think like back, like, oh, I wish I had for I wish I, you know, at you know at one point, you know, but now at the stage I am now, so I'm glad I didn't, you know, because it just wasn't meant at that at that time. Mm-hmm. For me to to do that, and you know, now I can really empathize with somebody who's going through it and say, "I know exactly what you're going through. I know exactly what you're feeling like." And you know, everything comes in its own time. Because now, the friends I have now, it's like when they, it's like we, I could have been friends with you guys all my life. The way it, you know, it's as close as we are now, and you know, it's like forever friendships. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything just came in its own time. So I don't have any regrets about, you know, what went on, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah, definitely know what you mean about, like, uh, finding refuge with these movies and music for me also. Uh, growing up in oh, yeah. a very rural music. North Carolina, kind of rednecky town, like being the little <laughs> metalhead and horror kid. Uh, <laughs> there weren't a lot of people like me, uh, but you know, I, I definitely know what you mean about, um, these movies being a comfort to you. Um, nightmare was like my number one. It's like, cause it's like, I wanted to be, I mean, even as a guy, it's like, I wanted to be like Nancy Thompson. Like I want to just face my Freddie and just, you know, 
just deal with it and you know kind of conquer it yeah basically one thing about this series is like um you can apply like i don't know bullying or whatever the situation is drugs or alcohol or something um the main mm-hmm. the main theme of pretty much all of these movies is like confronting your fear and like turning towards it instead of running away from it so right yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh i do want to ask you like what's some of your favorite memorabilia you own from the movie um memorabilia wise uh i know you're you got a lot of autographs you've met everybody oh yeah i got us everybody but the dirt bike guy but (laughs) (laughs) i know look look one of these days i'm gonna get depp and patricia at some point i'm gonna i'm gonna hunt them down and get their autographs they're like pretty much like the missing links (laughs) yeah nightmare three and nightmare one poster but uh so yeah other than my autographs um just some cool actually i have just like a lot of the the fan type stuff that you find at uh you know conventions that people have made mm-hmm. you know things like that um of course like the i am nancy documentary the never sleep again books um like i don't have like really any like you know like big statues or big things of freddie or anything anywhere i said <laughs> Like all the stuff I have is like a lot of it's in tubs. Like until I get a bigger space, I'm just like, man, I got so much stuff now. It's like I know where to put it. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, but a lot of that stuff I've kept, and of course my horror tees. Um, I've kept my old VHS tapes. I've been actually trying to rebuild, trying to find some of the old ones again. Like, cause I was a fool back when DVDs hit in the. 2000s like oh well vhs really isn't gonna be a thing anymore you know shame <laughs> on me for <laughs> hey man so many so. people are in the same boat like I, back in the day people were like just giving away tapes like i don't even want these right I just take them you know right uh um, it's like man which one are you missing like as far as vhs goes? i'm well with nightmare i'm missing uh two three four and five no 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 two three five and six sorry i still have part one part four and part seven so i'm real and see me i'm actually when as i'm going back i'm, I'm trying to look for the original vhs covers, right the, not like the media the release ones. yeah yeah the media release one those are what those so those have been a little bit harder to find i've actually found more these are ones that finds with Friday the 13th and Halloween than I have with Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like every time I get close to finding them, because there's a place near me called, you know, Game Swap, and they sell like old VHS. Mm-hmm. Go in there, and it's like they'll post it, and it's like, man, I said, oh, let me get down there. I'll go in a few hours later. Man, do you still, man, somebody came in and bought those. Like, <laughs> As soon as I put it, I'm just like, are you serious? Like, man. Yeah, you got to get the, uh, the Nightmare 3 with the docking sticker on the front. So exactly yeah. that one, you know, and then trying to, you know, with the Nightmare 5, I want to get the unrated version again. Oh, yeah. You know, so that one's kind of been hard to come by, you know, because like I said, they've never released any of those, that footage on like disc, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I mean, obviously I love laser. I mean, I love my VHS, but, you know, I like my, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays too. And, you know, it'd just be cool to like see some of that remastered and all those deleted scenes from part one beyond. Yeah you know disc finally and you know to get a really cool updated box set because really the only box set is from the 99 box set because the one they put out on blu-ray i'm not a fan of that one at all it's 
the colors on it it's it's really bad and all the features are basically recycled features from like the nightmare encyclopedia which was from the first box set oh yeah i had that one when i was very young and man i remember that dvd box set when it first came out it was like 120 bucks at best buy or whatever it was always like man oh yeah man it was paid 160 oh. bucks for that thing when it first came out like i got mine in like two I, did, I was like when i had my first job oh man i was working at like mcdonald's so i was only getting, making like five fifteen an hour i had to save like all summer to get that <laughs> thing. and now i can go anywhere and it's like you find that whole box that's sitting in like a record store and it's like 20 bucks yeah I'm just like man y'all y'all will never know the struggle yep yep <laughs> Yeah, but um, so, but yeah, it needs a remastered box set, like like a really good, cool one. Isn't there a 4K? I've heard rumors of a 4K box set coming. I've heard. I'm I'm hoping it's true because I said we don't even have a 4K version of just the first one. You know, it's been almost 40 years since the first one came. I mean, you know, Halloween's had already had a few. You know, Friday the 13th has one. Uh-huh. I mean, there are old black and white films that are in, like, they have a 4K release, and we still don't have one for Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully that comes to fruition. Um, I really, really hope so. Yeah. I'll be the first one to get one, like, I guarantee. <laughs> like, I will be the first one to get that. Like, I don't care. Like, like it could be, like, 300 bucks. It's like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm getting it. <laughs> oh, so you do, like, 4Ks and all that? Uh, well, well, it's crazy. I actually don't even have a 4K player. But, I, so I mostly just do the blue. I get the, where it's, like, the 4K, the like, the regular Blu-ray or just, like, the DVD combo mm-hmm. type thing. But. Um, I would just like to see it in 4K just to see, you know, all the colors and just how different it, you know, look. Because I've seen the Halloween in 4K and I was like, it, I mean, just looking at it just from the regular DVD, I mean, it's it's really clean. I mean, just like what they did, it's like, it really looks interesting and different uh-huh. just the way they kind of have it now. On, I was at a friend's house because he had it. I said, I really like the way they, they kind of did that. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I still don't have any 4Ks. So, like, I mean, I... The only thing I really collect is VHS, um, mm-hmm. but I know once I go down that road, uh, it's just a money pit waiting to happen, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, I got this box set. Okay, now I need this and that. And I mean, one day I'm going to dive in, and uh, but once I get somewhere Take like more stable anyways. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I sold like, growing up, I had tons of horror figures and NECA box sets and kills me to look at the prices now because like I just had to oh, yeah. <clears throat> offload a lot of that stuff because I was moving a lot and just hauling all that stuff around. I was like, I don't even have anywhere to display it. Let me sell it. <laughs> and oh man, it hurts me to think about like some of the stuff I let go. But, Jeez, yeah. oof. Mm, I'm in the same boat. I just wish I hadn't, because it's like if I could tell my old like what I know now, it's just like man, I would just go back and tell my like old self like, (laughs) throw that stuff in like a bag, throw it in a tub, and just let it sit. (laughs) Like, do not get rid of this. Yeah. But. Um, but Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. So. Everybody listening, go check out Anthony's books. You can find all that at what's your Instagram handle, Anthony the Dreamer. Anthony the Dreamer. Yes, go follow him. (laughs) 
and check out his books check out fred heads yeah anything else you want to get out there any nightmare Mm. news you could share oh nightmare news uh i heard something recently uh, like the craven estate is they like have acquired the rights again and there's some some talks of something yeah yeah, they've had it, I think, for a few years now. So they have a certain amount of rights, and Warner Brothers still have a certain amount of rights, which I think, um, yeah, I think, what was it? Warner Brothers has like the international rights, and the state has like the uh, domestic rights. Um, and then they were taking like submissions, or like, or not submit, but like pitches uh-huh. from, you know, fans to, you know, see what they wanted to do. And I was really, you know, thinking like to pitch, you know, the story I was just talking about for Nightmare, like, you know, how, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to kind of go back to, you know, the beginning and leading up to like a new sequel since, you know, we really legit haven't had a Nightmare sequel, like from the original, original franchise, really since New Nightmare. So it's been, you know, since 1994. Yeah, it's just crazy to think about. Right. Man. And just to like kind of recap it and then bring that modern day sequel. And then, you know, obviously have Nancy or Heather come back as Nancy. I mean, that's pretty much been the theme these last, you know, few years is having these legacy characters, mm-hmm. um, you know, come back. And, you know, she's just one that I just feel like is kind of forgotten. And, you know, to me, she's like one of the most badass ones that, you know, came across in 80s cinema. And, I mean, even if they did have to do a, you know, a direct sequel which i mean i would prefer you know if they kind of included more sequels um but even if they did that i mean I, you know i'd love to see it just to have her back and you know see what nancy is like in you know the 21st century because <laughs> right yeah. we haven't seen her in the 21st century so but yeah it's uh long overdue for freddie and jason to come back i mean that's another franchise that seems to be mm-hmm. The wheels are turning and there's stuff in motion as far as getting a new yeah. film made. So Yeah. Well I know they got that series for Friday the thirteenth coming oh, out. Supposed to come yeah, out on of course. On uh that... Peacock, I think. Yes, yeah, Peacock. Or, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those, yeah. Cause I think Adrian King's part of it. And I was yep. like, Wow. I was like, that's dope. Like I I can't wait for that. Yeah, like, I'm really see what they're looking forward that. to that. Actually, Nightmare could be a good series when you think about it. I mean it could be. I mean, it uh, kind of already has, but just like to make it more, you know, updated and like you know, put more of those those early foundation themes that Wes set out, you know, with you know, darker Freddy, and you know, I think it'd be a really good, really good series. Yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully, we'll get some any day now. Some new article, like boom, it's happening. <laughs> just please, God, don't screw it up. You know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. You got burned with Halloween pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're never going to forget. <laughs> <laughs> I just have franchise fatigue at this point. Like, I don't even want there yeah. to be news of a new Halloween for like at least a few years from now. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of the same, but yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, I want, you know, kind of Jason and Freddie to kind of, you know, kind of take the platform back. I mean, Chucky, he already has one. I mean, that ser- Chucky series has been doing really good, and I actually, I'm a fan of that. Like, I think it's really good. And, I mean, they did a new Texas Chainsaw. You know, they brought back the character of Sal, even though obviously it wasn't Marilyn Burns, but yeah. they brought back that character. And, 
Um, even with Scream, you know. So, I mean, I think they're doing a new Evil Dead, but I don't think Ash is in this one, that Evil Dead Rises. No, but, no. Um, but it's still part of the, you know, that legacy, you know, so stuff is coming to the forefront. So they just, they just need to bring, you know, some more of them back. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, all right, Anthony. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. Would love to have you back yeah. on. Um, I had a blast. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. And thank you to everybody that listened to this. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we will catch you on the next one.